Dog, my... I had to stop at like, like 92 or some shit like See, that. See, you didn't like, even stop when you said you were going to stop. I totally did it, man. Cause, dog, there's like so much music that you just forget exists. Like, I, for some reason, I totally forgot about uh, Big Boy's uh, first album, his solo album. Oh, I like, wow. for, yeah. I, I forgot about SZA's fucking Control album from just fucking last year two years See, ago I got, I got that that's on that was on my list it didn't make my final right. cut but it wasn't my list nah I didn't it didn't make come on it didn't make it made the list it didn't make the cut right I right, have right. like I have like a couple of EPs I don't have very mixtape sprinkled in here like I think I only really have cause it's cause like I don't consider section 80 a mixtape like the yeah so I'm not really sure what Kendrick says that's Good Kid Mad City is not his debut album. Like, like we're not playing those games. But because right. even something like Run the Jewels, like all three of their albums have been completely for free. But it, they're still like all original music, so those aren't mixtapes. Like those are albums. Exactly. Uh, I I forgot about the Internet's second album. I uh, did too. I did. I did put it down, but it didn't make the cut. I forgot about fucking the roots undone like i forgot about all that one dog i i forgot about a lot of shit and i only have one album from 2010 on here and i'm i know that there's i know i'm missing like at least a half a dozen from 2010 so matter of fact i'm about to look right now (laughs) oh my god oh yeah so because big boy album his that shit was 2010 i forgot about that Uh, um well, I'm looking at these albums 2010. I like just googled best of 2010, and maybe I was okay. <laughs> maybe 2010 was kind of a slow year. <laughs> that was so. Oh, hold on. Was Teflon Don 2010? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was 2009. Well, <laughs> no, that was one of the first ones I wrote down, and it didn't uh, make the cut. It didn't make the cut. And that's so, my favorite. That's that. That was what I thought was my Rick, favorite Rick Ross project, but it's not. It's number two. Thank me later. That's not gonna make. That's not gonna make the top ninety-five. But no. Thank me later. I got uh, one Drake project. I I let. I only picked one because I only knew there was one that I felt like was worthy of being included in this in this ten-year list. I only have. The funny thing is, I could have picked three oh, no. at least. There's, there's two. I got two in the top 93. The top. Well, I forgot about The Roots, How I Got Over album. That was 2010. So there's two Drake albums that made the top 95. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, so. I didn't write them down because I was like, I don't want to consider them because they're not better than this other Drake album that is going to definitely make the list. So, so, so like the way, I think we just fuck it. This is, this is the episode. Fuck it. But um, I think the way that I constructed my list like I just wanted to see like what was the best of each year mm-hmm. and then just sort of go from there like because like my top five like I picked up that shit like very very easily it but wasn't hard I for got... me either the honorable mentions were a little bit harder when I finally did it a few minutes ago like, oh that's... shit I'd forgot Which about is... this damn album Saigon wow. the greatest story never told 
I that was really critically acclaimed. I forgot about that album too. I fucked with that album, man. I waited years for that album, and when it finally came out the way it was supposed to come out, I forgot that shit was only in 2011. That shit was so dope. Welcome to hyphenation, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Barack Obama approved. Um, oh, I'm Kellen Conley. That is my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Show, Mad Love Robinson, and we're talking music, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking some motherfucking tunes. So, yeah. so is Saigon, is that going to make the, the honorable mentions? No, man. I love that album, though. I, ne- I need to go back and just listen to it for my for my enjoyment, because I was really happy with how that turned out after the years of delays. All right. Well, um, that's not that's not that's not going to make the top ninety five for me. But <laughs> <laughs> so so let me break it down for y'all real quick, okay? So Marcus said, "Let's do a best of two thousand and twenty nineteen. I'm like, "You're nuts. <laughs> let's let's narrow it down to twenty ten to two thousand nineteen since the decade's almost over." And he yeah. said, "Let's pick five projects, albums, and mixtapes included, no genre limits, and then pick ten honorable mentions." So Marcus's list stopped at 95, and my list stopped at uh, 30-some, I think. And now, and I left out a lot of stuff. Like, Nas, Life is Good, love that album. I didn't even write it down. I knew it wasn't going to come nah, close. That's not, that's not my top 95. I saw that album, and I thought about it. Like, like I literally never think about that album anymore. So It's like, the that last was a good great album Nas album year. to me, man. It's the, la- it's the last good Nas album. So that's the only reason I'm fond of it. I'm I'm glad you corrected yourself because you initially said great, but then you said the I last did. good I one. Did. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. <laughs> so yes, it is the last good Nas album. Um, I'm not listening to no Nas times uh, uh, Kanye West. I'm not listening to that shit. So, <laughs> you know. and if, so the way, yeah, like I said, like the way I broke my list down, I thumbed through my iTunes history. Um, my my original MacBook that shit died in like 2016, Rappy. but like I never backed up like half of 2015 and none of 2016. So I basically like had to look like my Spotify shit and like just like this best of list. And so that's that's really how my list ballooned from you know five to 95. But my like I said, my top five was like really easy. I no, honestly, I think we're probably going to overlap in the top five in some picks, but um, I think for this honorable mention, I think we're going to we'll probably have like vastly different albums. Um, I know you said in your honorable mentions only Drake only has one mention. Only um, one mention. I think I have like I got to thumb through the, this fucking scroll, but I think I have like. Two. I don't think I have more than three. Um, so I think we should break it. I think we should start with just the honorable mentions. Okay. Um, if if we want to like pick and like diss each other's honorable mentions, that'd be good. But then after that, we can just go five through one um, and trading off trading off picks. Uh, yeah. Five through one. Yeah, I agree. So uh, uh, since you are the guest, of course, even though you are technically a semi-regular co-host and just as much of hyphen nation as I am at this point, I will allow you, Marcus Show Mad Love Robinson, to give us your your honorable mentions of 20, 2010 to 2019. 
All right. So, like Kellen said, like I initially just wanted to do the last two decades, but I came with '95, just this last one decade. So Kellen definitely saved this episode. <laughs> like five man, hours later. Yeah, man. Like if I would have tried to do from fucking 2000, just just think like of like 2001 to like 2005, like all that fucking heat. Like that would have been. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, Move music two would definitely be my top five in that time period. Shit, goddamn! Because that came out in December of two thousand five. Even though technically it's considered a two thousand and six project, it was released in two thousand and five, and I was like the earliest of adopters. So I, I think it was a really good thing I didn't get into the Joe Budden music because it probably would have magnified my depression in college. Because <laughs> like, the funny thing is, actually, the funny thing is, when Joe Budden was a thing, I actually was like the least depressed of college. So mm-hmm. like it's, <laughs> it's like a fucking seesaw. Like if I would have like listened to Budden, like I probably would have been immersed in the depression, but. I'm I'm glad I didn't for a number of reasons. And I just found a 10-year anniversary piece on Mood Music 2, so I'm going to save that for later reading. But, yeah, man, I, I I could talk about Joe Budden all day. Maybe I will sometime on Hyphen um, Nation, um, considering that I've actually moved away from the Joe Budden podcast a little bit because I... I'm just going to say it. I, I It doesn't hold my attention anymore. Like, I love the first 15 minutes, like, when they're doing the music and the intros and the horns, and then when they just get there and sit back talking. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's just not for me, man. Like, I, I enjoy what they've done, though. I can't, I can't hate, but I will, since I just I, did, apparently. Hilarious. I've actually, I never got into, I never even attempted to listen to his podcast because, I'm not really a fan of Joe Budden, the human, let alone the rapper. So I've heard I, that. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know the funny thing is, I used to really be into Joe Budden's vlog, like Joe Budden TV or whatever. Like oh, I yeah. used to like, I used to like rewatch like shit from there like all the time. Like, um, because like it Joel basically racist. <laughs> yeah, like I was gonna say, yeah, like the whole slaughterhouse shit. Like when they would like pop up in there, like that shit was cool, but. Mm-hmm. Like a little bit after that, whenever you know he spray painted his beard on loving hip hop and all the other <laughs> shit while she was getting into, like I had to do a Jack Button. Um, but shout out to you, Mr. Pump It Up. Um, <laughs> you have a career. He's so much you know? more than Pump It Up, though. Can we not do that as a Joe Button fan of the rapper? Can we at least call him Mr. Mood Music at least instead of Mr. Pump It Up? That sounds like you you get no respect from. Marcus Robinson. And if that's how you feel, then let it fly, my friend. But come on. Come on, just a little bit. Look, I don't have much time, all right? So let me just say something real quick. My name is EG, and I am the host of two shows that are part of the Hyphen Podcast Group. The first show is called Catch the Show. It's a show where I talk about music-related news and pop culture, upcoming tours that you may want to catch shows of, and I tell you about a show that I call because it's the number one concert review podcast in the world, and I've reviewed shows from Beyonce to Kendrick Lamar to even the Backstreet Boys. So yeah, that's Catch the Show. The other show is called The Underground Monster. Slightly different kind of show, but still music-related. It's where I cover basically underground independent hip-hop, 
horrorcore and the juggalo culture so yeah if you're interested in either one go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com and or go to your favorite podcast platform and just search for them and hit that subscribe button okay got that cool now let's get you back to the show you were originally listening to If I could mute you right, right now, I would mute the shit out of you. Oh my god! Damn it, you the king to get it on. Exactly. I, you know, the best thing about Pump It Up was when they played it in on the last dance scene, and you got served, and then they had it was so long they had to loop it again. Like, so, <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, like, I watched you got served once, so no, I do not remember it exactly. But oh, that doesn't no. surprise you me got, at all. You got served in the Hall of Fame of good bad movies. Like that uh, movie, I could see it. It was definitely that, a, a good bad movie. I was like, I'd watch that again. I just never have, you know. Like, that movie is terrible, but the dance scenes alone are are really fucking good. Like they're yes. really good in that. Da- like so i because like the funny thing is like i'm pretty sure you can look at the uh, the um last dance battle on youtube or some shit and it's like eight minutes long and it's like um omarion marcus houston uh battling the dude from uh the second what was it the um what was that the you know the dude from magic mike right the um yes uh um, um see damn it uh channing tatum there we go. Uh, okay. What was that first dance movie he was with? You, from the, step from up. the streets? Step, step up. up. Okay. So and he was in Step Up in the, to the Streets. And I think he did I think he did two of those movies. Not nah, well, he was just in the cameo of Step Up to the Streets. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so the good white guy in Step Up to the Streets. He was actually the bad guy and you got served. He was like one of the bad guys. So, you know, shout out to him. Like, I think that was definitely his Apex Mountain. Um, so <laughs> I, I've like not seen or heard from him since. So shout out to him. Uh, okay. All right. Well, now that you got your, uh, step up franchise, uh, breakdown real quick. Um, yes. you want to, you want to break us off with a, a step into your honorable mentions there. All right. So my honorable, my honorable mentions, it's not necessarily. So basically my one through five, my honorable mentions isn't necessarily five through 20. Yeah, but it's just it's a, more yeah it's more it's more so of just a recognition of top projects that are pretty varied but maybe forgotten yes um, i'm with so you there one of my honorable mentions goes to um isaiah rashad sylvia demo um for for those that don't know isaiah rashad is probably the least known member of tde um, he signed in the mid 2000s. Uh, well, not the mid 2000s, but like the mid 2010s. Um, Sylvia Demo is a really special album. It holds up. It's pretty dark, and Isaiah gets really personal on himself. But the his lyric, his lyrical ability, like the production, like it's a really special album. Um, I think it's one of the best TDE projects ever. I would probably say it's. It's behind, I mean, I think, you know, people are definitely going to rate, you know, Section 80, Damn, uh, To Put a Butterfly, Good Kid, Massey. I know everyone to rate those really high. Oh, yeah. Um, but 
and also Schoolboy Q, who I think actually Schoolboy Q, the further we sort of get from the origin of TDE and Black Hippie, I think Schoolboy Q is someone that is actually probably underrated. Um, but mm. I think, <laughs> on, you don't you think he's overrated or properly rated? He's he's about properly rated. Schoolboy is he's uh, just never done it for me, man. Like I don't hate him. I don't dislike his music, but if somebody says, "Hey, would you rather sit and listen, sit in silence, or listen to Schoolboy Q?" I'm probably gonna pick silence. And then your silence would be boring. Your silence would not be as interesting as Schoolboy Q. No, but I don't know. But like, also, I like. There's definitely Schoolboy Q that made the '95. Um, I'm pretty. Yeah, it's more than one Schoolboy Q that made the '95. But for Isaiah Rashad. Um, his album, like I said, Tube Demo was really special. Uh, that made my honorable mention. Um, another project that may have sort of, I don't want to say gone unnoticed, um, definitely Divine Feminine from Mac Miller. Um, that's album. I know you love that album. Yeah, it's the second and the last project from Mac before he passed. Uh, it was a... F- it was the second album of Mac that I really got into, um, but that album is really, really special. It holds a lot of weight. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't think I'm not gonna say you know this is best album. Um, I think that even an album Swimming, which did make the '95, um, Swimming was really, really special. Even though it was really, it was it had points of real darkness, but I, I do think that that album was is really good too. Um, so it didn't Swimming didn't make your '95. No, it did. Swimming okay. did make the 95, yes. Gotcha, okay. Um, so, and also, watching Moves with the Sound Off, that made the 95 also. Um, so, yeah, like, Mac Miller, he's, he always did it, man. He he really did it pretty big. Yeah, we, um, we have a whole ass episode dedicated to Mac Miller and the blog era, man, so make sure you check that out if, uh, if you want to hear us talk more about Mac Miller, man, because we, we could do a whole other Mac Miller podcast easily right now. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, now, another honorable mention, even just sort of getting off of just rap music, um, an honorable mention that I have is Alabama Shakes, Sounds and Colors. Oh, nice. Um, that was a really good rock album. Brittany Howard, she has a new album out, like a solo album outside of her band. Okay. Um, but Sounds and Color was a really, really dope-ass album. It was a really good rock album. Nice choice. Um, I'm surprised, like, rock music just sort of is very indie. Like, I don't, I don't even, I, I think rock, I think any, I think traditional rock bands basically transition to, like, rock, but more alternative rock, like the XX. Um, like, I just think that rock music is kind of dead, but it's living through just alternative means. Like, I think, like, mm-hmm. a, a band like Haim, um, I never pronounce, I don't know if I'm pronouncing their name right, uh, spelled H-A-I-M. Yeah, they're just have seen a, it before. I, I'm not familiar with their music. They're, they're a girl band. Um, they're sisters, all sisters. Um, but their music is actually really good. Like, they they have, like, a... They play all their all their own instruments for the most part. Like they their dad like basically trained them to play their own instruments and they and they sing too. Um like yeah. that's a really good rock that's a but they do like a lot of they do rock, but they do mostly like pop music. Um like some of their like two of their albums actually made my ninety five. 
Um, I recommend listening to their latest album. Uh, the latest album is uh, Something to Tell You. And then the album before that, um, what the fuck is that album called? Um, Days Are Gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, those albums are really good. And they're actually gearing up to release like another album soon. I don't know if it's going to come out this year or next year, but they're like a really good band to get into. Um, but Sound of the Colors, like Brittany Howard, uh, she has a great fucking voice. Like she's, it's weird. Like she has like a very soulful voice. Like she's oh, like a soul singer. Like she's a soul singer, but she's it's a like. She's killer, man. I didn't know she had yeah. a solo project out. I'm going to find, yeah. I'm gonna find that bad boy. Yeah. It's like a soul gospel choir girl just wanted to play electric guitar and it's still fucking fire all the way through. Oh, so, man. so yeah. You're adding so, it to so, title right now. Yeah, man. So sound and color like that, that definitely made the honorable mentions. Um, and also, so yeah, I did talk about, um, Hiam, something to tell you like that album made my honorable mentions. Like it's a really good pop album. It's a lot about just, relationships and sort of going through the motions of you know breakup and sort of like you know a relationship sort of failing but sort of finding yourself outside of that mm-hmm. so that album's really good an album another speaking of sad boy relationship albums uh sampha who is <laughs> he may be the underground king of sad boys um his album process uh was really fucking good um mm-hmm. He recommended that to that to me before, so that that's where I got Sam. I didn't put Sampha in, but I really do love the Sam, Sampha because you recommended him to me. I'm a big fan. Yeah, Sampha. You know, he had to start basically from Drake. Um, don't think about it too much. Was sampled on an album that I don't think actually nothing was the same made my top ninety five. Uh, maybe it did, but maybe it's like in the bottom. Yeah, I left. Uh, I left um, that one out. Yeah, but Sampha, he's he's a really good singer. I really hope he comes out with something pretty soon, uh, because he's a he has a very special voice, and um and a pretty good story. So shout out to Sampha. Um, another honorable mention. Speaking of sort of international sound, um, the Weekends mixtape House of Balloons. I knew you were gonna get the Weekends in there. I do because it's funny. Like I think for the funny thing is, I wanted to take a lot of my a lot of my biases out, but at the same time, sort of you know acknowledge like music that had an impact. And basically, like House of Balloons and Thursday, like that whole, and also not necessarily um, the third mixtape in that. Echoes of Silence, but more so House of Balloons and Thursday. Like the impact that those mixtapes had in 2011, uh, basically sad boy, druggy, faux R&B music of where R&B basically is now. Mm-hmm. Like weekend birth a lot of these niggas' careers. And so let me I know, say, man, that the way and I, I did sorry to cut you off, but the I remember that even the blogs weren't like really grabbing a weekend like that. They were, they were, it was cause it was, it, he came in and I remember seeing mostly on Tumblr. I'd always see the weekend, the weekend, the weekend, yeah, the weekend, yeah. the weekend. And I'm like, definitely big on Tumblr. Yes. Dude? Yeah. And like, and like the blogs, they did not to say they were scared of it, but they didn't embrace them at first. I don't feel like. And then by the time Tuesday rolled around, 
then they were definitely kind of more aware because obviously this was his debut project and like nobody knew who this kid was. They didn't know if it was one person, if it was multiple people. Like I don't even remember the first like, time that we even saw Abel himself. That's the thing. You didn't like you didn't see his face. Like he hid his face intentionally. And so like, yeah, that was a conversation. Like no one knew if weekend was a band or not. Like that's the real funny part about it. Um but yeah, man, like Thursday came around um drake's you know feature on thursday mm-hmm. um the rumors of him trying to get signed to ovo or not like like that really blossomed out of the tumblr era so oh yeah so yeah man and also like i said like and we definitely i'm not sure we really talked about the tumblr era on your pod or not but the tumblr era was like really the last era of how i was able to find music just organically and weekend was definitely one of those people that um, I found out through Tumblr organically. Um, shout out to this kid, Matt, who was on Tumblr, who he reblogged The Morning, which is on House of Balloons. It's like track three or four. Track and four. like that's And that, that song was fucking fire. Um, and I was like, who the fuck is this? And so that made me get into House of Balloons. Um, and then that, like, a little a couple of months later, like, I, I gave thursday a shot because i stopped listening to house of balloons so i personally like thursday better than house of balloons but um it, and that did make my 95 also but uh house of balloons gets the honorable mention because basically the impact of what you know the zandow the zandow generation of what rb kind of is now it, like it, it all was, has roots in what and what he did it had such impact man it, it it's crazy and you know that I'm not the biggest weekend fan, but even I had to respect what what Abel was able to do when he came into the game. Man, he dropped three mixtapes in one year, and for them all to be going off like crazy like that, and then still be under the radar because nobody knew who the fuck he was. There was such a mystique yeah. about the weekend for a while, and I and I, I definitely respect the hell about that, hell out of that. Yeah, man. Because I, it's, I mean, it's funny. Like it's sort of he. He really sort of broke it back to focus on the music, and that's kind of it. And I, I remember there are rumors, and maybe he even even maybe he even like started the rumors or whatever. But it was rumors of oh, he's shy; he doesn't want to show himself on camera. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like what the hell is this? So like, I mean, if it's true, like that's kind of sad. But even still, like what the hell? Like you, like you're a guy rapping about like trying to fuck every mall and do all the cocaine. Like, you really can't be that, uh, you can't be that, like, anonymous, so. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, nice. House, House Balloons made the honorable mentions. Um, another album that made the honorable mentions, which I feel is the best rap collab album of the last decade, um, I think this album really has everything. Like it has the production, it has the lyrics, um, it has like the staying power. Um, and like I said, I do believe it is the best like rap collab because that last decade was like really the decade where we actually got rappers following through and collabing with each other. Um, You're not about but, to watch the throne in your honorable mentions, are you? Watch the throne made the '95. But it did not make the honorable mentions. The best rap collab album of the aughts, well, actually, probably is the aughts completely, um, is Run the Jewels Part Two. 
that that album really is sort of the apex of what Killer Mike can bring and also the apex of what LP can do, especially like um, production wise. Lyrically on Run the Jewels One, I I felt like that was really Killer Mike going the fuck off and then LP doing stuff every now and then. But like Run the Jewels Two like that is the album where like they did the perfect fusion dance. It's like them really <laughs> huddled together, and then no mistakes. Like that album is skip free, and that album is I think that album is one of the gems of the 2010s. Um, Watch the Throne. I love Watch the Throne. Um, I have not listened to Watch the Throne since my Kanye. I don't want to say Kanye band, but my Kanye dump, so to speak. <laughs> so, but no, like. I, there's a lot of music that I miss from Kanye, and Watch Your Throne is definitely one of those albums that I, I truly miss. Um, but like I said, Run the Jewels too. Like that that was the album. Okay, okay. See that this is why we record the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. That I did not expect to Watch the Throne to not be on your list somewhere. So surprise, surprise. Exactly. So yeah, like I said, like I wanted it to be like objective as possible because like murder to excellence like that's like one of my favorite kanye songs ever um just ever just just the fact that they pulled it off and it wasn't a dud like and, and even just the moment of it was like the summer that i graduated um college like just like kanye at his apex not necessarily jay at his apex but jay sort of in his vein of like you know he's still like such an important rapper to the culture um, that you know we know that he's not going to be a dud on this album. And I know you and Lamb talked about a little about Watch the Throne, um, but the joy, like dog, like that, like that is lyrically that's like not lyrically, but that's literally the best of what you want to hear Jay on. Like you want to hear Jay on those soul samples. Like yes. you want to hear you want to hear Kanye on those soul samples. Like that's really like the apex of like hearing both of those artists. And so Watch the Throne, it really is a good album. But um like I said, like I I think that I may enjoy Watch the Throne better than Run the Jewels 2. I do think that overall like Run the Jewels 2 like is a better album. Okay, well Ladies and gentlemen, since we're here, uh, we're talking about my number three. Oh, oh, <laughs> already we skipped five and four. Is is Watch the Throne your third best album of Watch the decade? Watch the Throne is the third best project of the decade for me. Yes. Ooh. Who gonna stop me? Who gonna stop me? Huh? Who gonna stop me? you have kanye coming off dark twisted you have jay who's a couple years removed from blueprint three and two years away from magna carta holy grail you have them finally coming together to make this album that has been long rumored. And then when we finally get that first taste, we get Ham. And okay, that wasn't that was the first taste. And Ham was like, okay, Ham's what? cool. I'm pretty sure we heard Ham first. 
Yeah, that was the first place. You're okay. right. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were like, it was like question. Okay. Anyway, we got ham first and was like, okay, I'm not too sure about it. I respect what they did, but I think ham was something that grew on you. Like the longer that it was out, it wasn't yeah. something that yeah. impacted. But the moment you heard Otis's voice come across those vocals, man, and then and you heard that song and just Jay and Yay going back for three minutes straight, going back and forth and just talking that shit. And then the video drop with the chopped up Maybach and Aziz Ansari just sitting there looking goofy as hell. And it was just so iconic. And then we get the album work. This is the first thing we get is No Church in the Wild, which is four million times better than Oceans would ever be. Marcus? I don't agree with that bullshit, but... Oceans is a trash record. No church in the wild. Then you get liftoff, and then you're like, oh, what the fuck? Okay, Kanye's not rapping. We just had four minutes and 30 seconds of a J-verse, Beyonce vocals, and then Kanye humming. Oh, God, what are we getting ourselves into? Is this a fluke? And then you get niggas in Paris, Marcus. Are you serious? That shit still goes, dude. It's eight freaking years later, and niggas in Paris still goes so hard, man. Come on, man. Like, you, you got to respect the throne's name, man. Like, if like people, Kanye tweets, hold on, hold on. watch the throne shoes coming, and people piss themselves. Hold on. Like, even that transition from Who Gonna Stop Me to Murder to Excellence? <sighs> Damn, Dude. that's fucking tough, dog. How about, like, you know what's hard about this album? The interlude music. That yes. 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 And, and like I said, I, I haven't listened to Kanye in so long, but this album is burning into my fucking mind. So yes. And yes. And, and then to have uh, I mean the jo- the joy uh you, you we got to bring back um uh what what was the record? Oh the joy was the record that uh wasn't Curtis that a good Mayfield? Friday record? Um, what- uh I don't remember. I don't remember. Let me look. I don't think it maybe who knows? Who who the fuck knows? But keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like that was a good Friday record that or I'm okay, no, I'm thinking probably about thinking about the joint that made uh um Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um that was a good that was a good Friday record that made that album. So I'm probably getting a little twisted there. But I mean, who gonna stop me? Murder excellence. Uh, why I love you, despite my hate of Mr. Hudson. That's that shit is hard as fuck. And then they threw on the bonus tracks. You didn't even need the bonus tracks. You have made an American. Oh, Frank Ocean came through twice on this shit and just floated literally, Marcus, man. And then, yeah, uh, like I, I could go on and on, but th- when it comes down to it, I don't have any other J projects on my list. From this era, I thought about 444 really hard because I love 444. That didn't make the honorable mentions for you. It did not make the honorable mentions. No J album made the honorable mentions for me. Can I I tell you a secret? What? It didn't make the honorable mentions for me either. It 444 is the only thing, only J solo that made the 95. And yeah, and I thought multiple times about putting, I'm literally putting 444 down. Just so I could consider it, but I, I knew that it it wasn't better than any of the other projects I had written down so far. So I I I'd left it alone. And and then the craziest thing about about Watch the Throne Man is 
what what's the joint with, where they're talking about their unborn children, and then they all turn around and yeah, oh, it's it's, it's new day. Yes, they they both is. like oh. literally like they were this came out and then like Beyonce was came turn up pregnant at the VMAs like a month later, and then Northwest is born a few years later to, to Kanye man, and it was it was. It was crazy that they laid these verses at a time when neither one of them had kids, and now both of them, uh, J and B, both got uh, have three, and then Kanye got and Kim got four. I mean, it's just crazy to see how quickly that shit evolved, and then to see where they are at then, and then look at them now. All the Kanye nonsense aside, and then um, just looking at how J and B carried themselves and the way they've done what they've done with the kids. Especially what they've said on record. I mean, there's glory out there. They, uh, Blue's been on both of their albums at points and stuff like that since they've been born. Um, but this this album is just something that will probably never happen again as far as a collaboration. Hell no. Hell no, it's not going to happen again. So that, that's my number three. And I just had to go ahead and say it since we were there. So you got my number three right there, buddy. I mean... Like I said, I enjoy it more than Run the Jewels 2 because, like, dog, like, if I if I break my Kanye streak, it's only going to be with uh, it's going it's only going to be with Twisted Fantasy, Throne, and College Dropout. Like, those are the three albums I'm going to like immediately because, dog, like, Throne, man, like. Oh, you know, all those goddamn years of rappers lying to us, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get fucking murdering with Jay-Z and mm-hmm. Like, all these niggas is liars. They are. <laughs> like, they all fucking liars, dog. Like, like man, but... Throwing but Hove and, and Kanye made it happen, man. Like, just... If, even if you think of just a... If you remember the spectacle of it, like the yeah. hype, like the the fucking like videos coming out and like producing and shit, like the the fucking Yeezy twos, like uh, on the peripheral of everything, like yes, that, that as the kids say, that was a time. Like that shit was that shit really was everything in 2011, man. Like, and I just want to take this time to let you guys know, DC Game Five. The Mystics are your WNBA champions. Oh, nice. They beat Connecticut, man. That's what's what? up. Because they, they were down when I checked it out right before I came out here, man. Yeah. Dog. Congratulations to you. Dog, you don't understand it. Like, dog, between fucking last night of fucking Naturals winning game five and beating the Dodgers with a fucking Grand Slam and Howie Kendrick is the greatest black baseball player of all fucking time. Like, seeing them now in the, in the fucking Mystics winning the championship, like, dog, like, DC, we, we are, resi- we are, we're, we're getting rid of the demons. Like, between the Caps fucking two years, like, two seasons ago, and now this, it's like, oh my God, fuck the, fuck, fuck the Redskins. Don't even give money attention to these motherfuckers. Like, we have champions on deck. And like we have fucking champions. DC is the district of champions. But that's that's a good fucking segue for me. But anyway. I'm happy oh that God. happened on the pod. That's awesome. Congrat congratulations, man. God. 
Elena Deladon, sign her to the fucking Wizards. Like, oh my god, like, dog. Yeah, dog. We were fucking down. Like, yo, we were down. I swear to God, I thought we were gonna fucking lose this game, man. That's what DC Sports does to you. You can be down fucking five points in the third quarter. You think this shit is fucking done. But they fucking came back and they won my fucking 10. Like, oh my God. Like, man. Oh. <laughs> game, I love it. Game five, baby. We we the game five city, baby. Oh my God. Man, you love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, but speaking speaking of these champions yeah. going back to Watch the Throne, the gold fucking album cover, like that was a fucking championship belt almost. Like that that was the WCW championship belt of fucking rap in 2011. Yeah, like, and while I why I did say why I did sort of joke and say when you well you didn't joke when you said no church in the wild was better than the oceans no church in the wild is better than the oceans um i told i tweeted uh i told you the you and lamb like the story of of the origin of no church in the wild but for the listeners so basically for magna car holy grail um Jay was planning out his solo album and he he recorded oceans with frank ocean beforehand and during the creation of Watch the Throne, Kanye wanted to use Oceans for Throne, but Jay just wanted to hold it. Um, and so instead of getting Oceans, they basically did No Church in the Wild after that. And which is wild because one, I think I think both songs are good, but I think they serve both albums greatly aside from themselves. Like No Church in the Wild kicks off the album, and then No Church in the Wild is a song that it's basically like one of the singles, like one of the commercial songs you heard on like fucking like truck commercials and shit like Great that. Great Gatsby. Yeah, Great Gatsby. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a testament to the genius of what Kanye, Kanye, like, like Kanye knew that like this, this freak ocean, this freak ocean fella, he has a feature, but let's see what he can do with us and then amplify it to something better. And that's what the fuck they did. So, um, I, the only song on phone I you can hit the skip on is really lift off, honestly. Mm-hmm. But like anything else, like I, because even like um, that's my bitch. Like I remember the leaked version was different than the album version. It was. Like, oh my god, that was a time, yo. That summer was fucking fun, yo. That was a good ass summer. Oh, I I gotta agree, man. So in 2011 was. One it's a year for the record books for many reasons for me. So I, I 100% agree with you, man. Yeah, man. So I'm not mad at Throne being your number three. Um, it's even though it's not in my honorable mentions, it's basically like on the cusp anyway. But I and now like I guess I wanted to use my honorable mentions to shout out and big up um, the album. Like I said, that may have been forgotten. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Throne, shout out to Brenda Jules. Um, I think I just have three more my honorable mentions yeah, list. Yeah, go ahead, man. Now, coming off of just speaking about Drake, um, shit, I did that. Speaking about Kanye and Jay, the biggest rival during this time period as far as commercial success probably um, is Drake and Kendrick, but mostly Drake. 
2011 gave us Take Care, which I still think is very high up there on the Drake solo albums. Um, that is the only album that I have for Drake that made the 95. Um, and I wanted to give that an honorable mention because I do think that is the apex of what Drake can bring to the table. Um, I do think that he is really someone that does go off of other people's wave. And even harking back to Weekend, Take Care is really like him getting all getting on to Abel's wave, honestly. Like a lot of Weekend influence is sprinkled through that album. Um, and I think it's for the best, honestly. Yeah. Um, um I, I have to agree because lo and behold, take care. Uh yeah, take care is on my honorable mentions as well. So uh that's the only Drake project that that I actually wrote down because I feel like as much as I love um in case you're reading this and as much as I love nothing was the same, like those three projects like uh, coming off of like uh because of course we got um we got so far gone in 09, so far gone in 09. We got um Thank Me Later in 2010 and then once Take Care hit in 2011. Like that pair that with Nothing Was the Same in 13 and then if you're reading this it's too late. Like that's just like killer trifecta from Aubrey yeah. man. And honestly like I I've told you this before but there was a night probably around this time last year where it was a Friday night and I was like you know what? I'm going to have a couple drinks and you know what? I'm going to listen to Take Care and let's just say that it holds up quite nicely when you're drunk still. So I'm sorry, <laughs> man. It, I, it's, if, that's, if that's my litmus test, I mean, th- there's just something. It, it ta- The thing with Take Care, Take Care just brings back so many emotions for me is a thing. It takes you, like you remember where you were at the first time you listened to these songs and what you were going through. And along with that, then you remember the lyrics. And then, I mean, come on, man. Hell yeah, fucking yeah. Or hell fucking right comes on. And you're that, that the keys start coming. And it's just building up. And then he's like, like I, I could do lyrics right now, but I'm not going to because it's just, it take, take Care is built on moments. And I really love this album. It hurt me to put it in honorable mentions, but. That's just that's kind of where it belongs because I don't think Drake has a top five project for me, unfortunately. He should have by now, but he didn't crack it. So, it uh, yeah. Well, I I did look over my list and I do have. It's funny you mentioned the um the the run he had with Take Care and then nothing was the same and then um if you're reading this. So I did have, if you're reading this, and nothing was the same in my 95, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't do, and, and well, as just to tip my top five, like, I couldn't put Drake in my top five. Um, the album to do it would have been Take Care, but there, there are other albums, not only in my top five, but also my 95 overall that um, I do, that are better than Take Care, but Take care really was a moment in time. Like you're absolutely right. Like that whole uh just 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 seeing like what Aubrey was then, like he really had like a lot of promise. Um he did for different reasons falter in a sense, but that period, like 
that period of Aubrey was like really untouchable. The craziest uh, thing that really hurt hurt Drake though is it's like you said earlier, he he adopts he's such a chameleon when it comes to hopping on the current wave. And like it's not to say that he isn't his still his his own artist, but he is so good at creating exactly what the masses want at the given time yeah. he releases it that it stifled his creativity, man. And like he doesn't have to dig deep. Like that that's not what people want. They want they want what Scorpion was, you know? And yeah. me, I, I would love to get take care of Drake. So uh, nothing was the same Drake, even if if you're reading this Drake. But those Drake versions of Drake don't have to exist anymore because that's not what's going to sell him the most records. And ultimately, that's what he wants to do. Yeah, man. Like, I think that's, I think that is ultimately the saddest part of Drake's career. Like, he is a wave chaser. Like, it's no disputing that at all. And so you'll, it's a good, like, the apex of that is take care. The apex of that is um, if you're reading something was the same. Like he's really just sort of grabbing influences everywhere. But the bad, the 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 bad part is if you get something like you know Scorpion that's completely bloated. If you get something that like an album that I initially defended when it came out, but I listened to it recently and didn't. It's not holding up. It is more life like. The I told grime, you, like the grime shit and more life is just fucking. It's a skip. It's bad. Like, it's, it's a skip. Like yes. I think the I think the highs of more life are decent at best, but like because like passion fruit is a jam. Like some of the rap songs on there are jam, but a lot of more life is really just more fluff. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to this day, I still contend that the best song on More Life is Samples 4422. But that's like at the end of the day, like that's really just an interlude for the most part. Yeah. So, so yeah, like that album, that album does not hold up to the light. The funny thing, like, the I think even though I say Take Care is the best of what Aubrey is now, I think fucking the mixtape, I think the mixtape is probably going to be. The legacy that Drake is probably gonna live off on forever. Like so far gone I, or so if far you're gone. reading this. Okay, I thought so. Just making sure. Yeah. Because so far gone, like when that dropped, that really was just a breath of fresh air. Like, even if Drake was in, pulling these influences from other things, like he was pulling influence from Houston, also Houston and you know, screw culture. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pulling R and B influences. Like he was pulling in these influences, but he made it his own. Then he's not making it his own now. Like that's the biggest problem. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. Like that's I, I, it's just not really good anymore. So, but take care. Definitely was a moment in time, and so that's why I had to make one honorable mention. I'm with you on that one. You want to yeah, keep man. rolling because you got what two more? Yeah, I have two more. Okay. Um. I already told you this one already, but I I kind of teased you or whatever, but the best mixtape of the 2010s, <laughs> 56 Nights in the Future. <laughs> like, 56 Nights in the Future is the best mixtape of the 2010s. Like, the, 
March just from just from it birthing March Madness alone, and then March Madness not being the best song on that mixtape. Like just the 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 problematic <laughs> the problematic career of Future and everything that he's done. Like, but the, also the influence of like his influence on like rap culture, what it is today. Um, just the moodiness, the lo-fi-ness, but the the bass lines and just the the codeine hypeness, if that makes any sense. Like all that is from future. And it also the stems from 56 Nights. So 56 Nights, because it is the best mixtape of the 2010s, like it had to make it had to make the honorable mentions list. Fair enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never listened to 56 Nights, have you? I have not listened to 56 Nights, and it was not on my, my list. But if you want to jot a note down, may, um, uh, let, let's sit down and do 56 Nights. And let let's just... I'll listen to it. You can re-listen to it. We'll come back together at some point, and we'll we'll spend a little time just talking about that project. Because if you're saying it's the best mixtape of this decade, um, I I should at least give this a listen because I've never listen, been a big fan of Future, and I never have gotten it. So maybe this will make me get it because I'm willing to learn if if there's learning to be done. So just make a quick note that I need to listen to Fifty Six Nights some point, and we need to talk about it. All right. Like, so the thing with Physics Nights is, like, it's <laughs> it's good, but I don't know if you really are into, like, ratchet shit. Like, it's it's very much Codeine and Robin niggas, like, that's, like, and problematic lyrics about women, like, that's all See, that is. doesn't bother me at all. It's just, the main thing is... Is is can I understand the hell he's saying? Okay, that that that's my main oh, thing. Oh no, he's like that. So that album isn't that album is okay for like understanding what he's saying. But there are other albums that he has that are like really codeine and drugged out that you have a difficult time in hearing him. But Fifty Six Nights, like you can understand, you can hear and understand his lyrics. Um, like because you even said like mood music would have made your top five like completely. Yeah. Like I, like, <laughs> like they're two vastly different artists. So yes, I, and honestly, I'm not. I don't know if you would gravitate toward Fifty Six Lines, honestly. But uh, if you do, if you want to like give it a shot, like as a follow up, like I can, I I'll be down for it. But <laughs> I I know that it may not be for you. <laughs> That album is so mixtape is so fucking ratchet. Like it's it's ridiculous, but it's it's beautiful ignorance. That's all it is. Okay, all right. So you got one more honorable mention. All right. Um, I wanted to save my last honorable mention for something pretty near. Um, the most the I I think this is the album that it's going to hold up. It's going to be probably the last great rap album of this decade um i think it's an album that you don't have to skip at all like the production is fucking been fucking nuts like the lyrics are fucking incredible like the storytelling just like the rapid fire rap lyrics from this guy are fucking crazy um from freddie gibbs and Matt lib two of their albums made my 95 pinata 
and Bandana from this year. But Bandana from this year is going to get the honorable mention because, like I said, I think it's the last great rap album of this year. It came out, um, I think maybe it came out about three months ago. Um, it came out during the summer, if I remember correctly. I think it came out in July. June 28th, um, 2019. I was, I was close. I was close. So, yeah, it came out in the summer. Freddie Gibbs is doing a tour right now. Madlib's production on this album is fucking bananas. Um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure you were big in the pinata, right? No. Oh, no. Did you not listen or did you not like it? How about I didn't know it existed would be better versus he Hold didn't like on. it or didn't listen. Yeah. Oh, you never knew that Freddie Gibbs and Madlib had a collab album called Pinata? You never no, knew that? because I thought Bandana was their first project together. Fuck, dog. No, like, Pinata. I was listening to music then, too, so I shouldn't have missed it. And that was, like, one of the last albums from the blog era that people really championed. Hold on. Damn. Hold on. We I got gotta... a joint with Casey Veggies, Domo Genesis, G Wiz, Mac Miller, Michi Darko, yes. and... What? Yes. All right, all right. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it down, man. I'm, I'm gonna put it in title. I so feel like this, this is a title podcast, but I'm gonna put it in there. I'm gonna make sure I listen to it. That was one of the best albums of 2014. I'm really surprised, like no one put you on to that. I'm surprised I never talked to you about that album before. No, you, you never say anything about like you mentioned Gibbs recently, like within the last 18 yeah. months. I know you've mentioned them a few times, but I don't think and and Eric has too. But I don't think that you ever say anything to me about Pinata. You may have tweeted about Pinata, but I don't. I must have not. I must have been sleeping. Well, because I definitely told you guys about Bandana, mm-hmm. when it's like like right after it came out. But yeah, like Bandana is a great follow up to Pinata. Did you ever listen to Bandana? Yes, I have listened to Bandana. Oh. All right, like so. I I don't think we're gonna get a better rap album this year from that and. Even before then, like there wasn't a better rap album. Um, well, actually, no. Before Bandana came out this year, I think the best rap album probably would have gone to this rapper from Buffalo, Benny the Butcher. Um, he had an album called All the Plugs I Met Before. Um, that made <laughs> actually made the '95, but now nah, like Bandana, like that. That's gonna be like the last rap album that we look at this year. Not this decade and be like, yeah, like that was actually a, a classic. Like that album is going to be a classic. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm gonna. Um, I enjoy Bandana. I, I want to revisit it though because I I listened to it back in. I think I listened to it on my vacation, so it was very distracted listening because I was in the backseat with Leah. So I am going to go back and revisit that, and I'll definitely check out Ben um Bandana, um Pinata. Um, I got it, I got it down, so it's in my my collection to check that out. Yeah, man. Like, um, I was trying to think, like, so oh, on even for yeah, bandana, like no, like that you can't be distracted at least for your first couple of listens, like just like the like Freddie Gibbs is like rapping just fast, but it's not like. I'm wearing a red shirt. I'm going to church. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's nothing like it's, it's really nothing elementary. Like 
like he's like he's giving you like deep metaphors like he's like vicious like drug talk like it's 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 like he described it as like basically doing acid and then rapping and like it's basically that but it's it's none of the it, it everything like it's it's no like shit that doesn't make sense he's just saying shit to say shit like it's all like telling a story of, of some sort um he has a track with uh most deaf and black thought like that song is a fucking nuts uh-huh. and yeah it is. and he and he i think he has the best verse on that song which is fucking nuts and not to mention black, the killer mike and Pusha t joint that was a few tracks before that yeah paul mala like that mm-hmm. song is fucking nuts so yeah, man, like that, like you should definitely give that album a listen to, um, like like I said, like a focus listening to. Right. Uh, I say maybe even maybe give Pinata a listen first, and then give Bandana a listen after that. I'll totally go. Yeah, with that. because I I think Pinata is an album that did hold up, that did make the ninety five. Um, but yeah, Bandana, like that's that's gonna book in this year, like because the funny thing is like if you. I think even to look at sort of the scope of music, what it was in the 2010s versus what it is now, like it's vastly different. Like, because um, even if you look at an album like, you know, My Beautiful Doctors of Fantasy, like that was 2010, right? And so Teflon Dawn, 2010, right? Oh no, Susan Fanny was 11, wasn't it? What was that still in school? Hold on, hold on. Um, I think it was 11. I think it was 11 too. Yeah. Oh, no, it was November 2010. Oh, November the 22nd. See, it was one of those late albums. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, actually, the funny, I remember about that album. The first time I listened, like, wanted to listen to it was on that Thanksgiving break. I was driving from Morgantown to DC. And <laughs> whenever Nikki's verse of Monster came off, it's mm-hmm. back kind of a, it's back kind of a middiness, but I I was kind of falling asleep while driving when her verse came on. Oh, damn. So oh, yeah, damn. so I definitely had to stop on the like stop by the gas station like get some soda so I would not fall asleep. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like that was the first time I listened to that album. Like it, it, that's a straight driving by myself, and so I like I bumped that album like three times over like on that three and a half hour car ride. So. So yeah, man. Like and even looking at that album and, and Teflon Don, where those albums they're not overproduced, but they're produced really well. Oh my and god! Then looking at the the music that we're sort of getting now, like it's it's my day from like what 2010 was to what 2019 is. Um, but I do think that still, even still, Bandana bookends this this decade on a on a really high note. Yeah. Um, I, I I totally uh, totally agree with that because I I do want to I'll go back and listen to Bandana again, but um, there hasn't been a lot of rap that come out to really grab my attention like that. Like, I mean, not this year at least. So we're all kind of waiting for. I mean, the Dreamville project came out and that was fine, but you know, it wasn't all coal. And um, I'm okay with you you saying uh, Gibbs has the best uh, rap album of, 20, of 2019. I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, man, definitely. So that was my whole uh, honorable mentions. I try to get varied with the genres and just the timelines and all that shit. 
So what is you? I already and I already named one of your top fives. Maybe you'll you did mine. Um, I'm pretty sure you're probably gonna. I think you're gonna get at least one of my top five. So, so kick off your list. So, what's gonna lead you off your honorable mentions? I don't think so. I don't think any of my honorable mentions are going to come up in, um, come up in your top five. There might be one, but I don't think you like this project as much as you like other projects. So I'm not too worried about it coming up in your top five. So, I'm gonna start from the bottom of my list, and this was a late entry. Um, and damn it, um. It's sitting right next to Ego Death, the Internet's album, their second Ooh. album. And I freaking love Ego Death. It's that, so it's so good. That that made my ninety-five also. Yeah. Um I so shout out to Ego Death, but This is Lou Groza of the Cleveland Browns. Hi, Ohio for Cleveland. What's up, y'all? That's Anthony Sellers. And that's Eric Jordan. And this is Browns in Our Blood. A weekly show where we talk about our favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. You can catch it in video and podcast. On the hyphen podcast group. Dot com. And must long sound vision. So. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I hate y'all. <laughs> I got like 15 seconds. I just remember that when this album came out, it, it was only, it was very short, you know, like it, it was, it came out in, uh, was it 2013? I think it came out. Hold on. Uh, yeah, it came out in March of 2013, man. And the, and the number of tracks on this album, disregarding the bonus tracks, was only 10 songs but like the long like the length of these songs is ridiculous like there's two eight minute songs one two three four five seven minute songs uh there's one six minute song and then you have a four minute song and a five minute song and the whole running time of the album is 70 minutes but my first honorable mention is the 2020 experience part one Ooh, that made the 95. That did make the 95. <laughs> the 2020 experience part two is trash. Okay, not trash, but it was disappointing no. considering how good the first one was. I don't want to say it was trash, but it wasn't what part one was for me. Because I love part one, man. Like, push a lover girl, suit and tie, you either love it or hate it. But for that being the first Justin Timberlake that we've got, had gotten since... Uh, Future Sex Love Sounds, which was like seven years earlier, like Solo JT. I was excited for that. And then all the, the I mean, the, the album just plays together so perfectly. And him and Cymbaland really locked in and just made a dope ass album from top to bottom, man. And there, there's not a bad record on this album. The the bonus tracks get a little iffy. Um like dress on and body count are fine, but they work in the grand scheme of everything. But uh, 2020 experience part one, man, it, it's, it's great. Strawberry bubblegum, tunnel vision, spaceship, coo- take a ride. My spaceship, coo- like, come on, bro. There's only room for two. Just me and you. Uh, come on, man. Like there was <clears throat> JT had came back to kind of put his stake back in the freaking game. And then, now he came back again and did the flannel shit and lost me with that one. 
he's, he's very Cabela's right now. So yeah, he is. The, the Cabela's era JT does not compare to the Timberland and Pharrell era J, JT. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 2020 definitely made my 95. Um, I was I was actually tweeting, I think, about this album maybe a couple of weeks ago that it really holds up. Like, it that does. album is really good. I don't. I didn't even know those bonus tracks existed. So I'd never heard them before. But um, everything that I've always, I've always with this album. Like when it first dropped, the second one. Now nah, we're not going to talk about that one. No, but, we don't have to. But yeah, the I, I think the only weak song is "Suit and Tie." I, I still think that is like the weakest track on the album. Yes, but it is. Um, but no, like everything else, like even for a song like "Don't Hold the Wall," like. Where that's just a dance song, that's still a really effective dance song. That song oh is really God. good. And the changes in the beats and everything else. Um, yeah. The reason I know about the bonus tracks is because I used to be a bonus track whore. So I would literally look at Wikipedia and be like, oh, there's six bonus tracks. Let me go find them. And then I would get them and throw them on an album. So that, that, that's kind of exactly how I ended up with these other two bonus tracks from the deluxe edition. And they were the Chinese and Japanese standard edition, according to Wikipedia. But yeah, I love 2020 Experience Part 1, man. I bumped that thing for months on end, just listening to that back and forth. Loved it. Yes. Yeah, that album is really good. That's Like I said, that's still, that's still made the 95, so that, I definitely support that choice. Okay. Next one is a more recent album. This album just came out in November of 2016, and it had the lead single that I'd say... Man, like th- this lead single, like really shook me to the core. Like, if this song starts playing right now, like I'm stopping everything and I'm not, I'm not moving, like from this, uh, like you're not gonna get me to do anything else till three minutes forty sec, forty six seconds is over. It is an album by Bruno Mars, twenty four karat oh. magic. <laughs> yeah, man, nine tracks, but nine tracks of fire from start to finish, man. Uh, I I love this album. It has the, a lot of the vibes of of your late '80s new edition and Bobby Brown and New Jack Swing and then and then twist it all up with some new sounds and Bruno's vocals, man. But I I, I just love this album. It, it it's just one of my honorable mentions. There you go. Yeah, that that also made the '95 as well. Um, yeah, man, that album was really that album was really fun. Um, I thought it was. I thought the album was going to be just a, a bubblegum pop, pop tart type of thing. Um, but no, like I, I actually kind of wish I would have saw him on concert, but apparently like his tours are like sold out. Oh and, yeah. Um, the resale value for the tickets were fucking nuts. Like, but, um, but yeah, man, you know he was doing a, the damn thing. Yeah. That album was a fucking meteor so and then they come out with the finesse remix with cardi on it like right right as cardi got pregnant and shit in january of last year like that that shit and then the in living color tribute video man like he's like doing all the right things (laughs) pretty much for me so um that that is my next honorable mention yeah man good good you're you're starting off pretty strong I'm, i'm very proud of you I'm going to lose you completely now because I know how you feel about this certain genre of music. You re- okay? All right, what you going to say, gospel? No, okay, not gospel, damn. <laughs> no, nah, nah, oh, fam. Would you um, 
I I finally listened to this. It the it was originally released in 2015. I finally listened to this entire project, so to speak, and I fell in love with it, man. I fell in love with the story. I fell in love with the rap. I fell in love with the singing. I I absolutely fell in love with all things involving this project, and as I'm just on edge of my seat still hoping for the day that I will be able to actually go see this thing in person because it's not just music. It's not just a soundtrack. It is the Broadway original cast recording of Hamilton. (laughs) You know, the funny thing is I was wondering about including soundtracks, but (laughs) because <laughs> I probably would have put Stars Born on my 95, but... Yeah, I thought about <laughs> Stars Born at least making the list, yeah. I, I thought about that, because that's a really good-ass soundtrack. One of the best soundtracks I've heard in years. Yeah, man, but... But it's ha- Hamilton, man. Hamilton. <laughs> See? You don't, you're not in the musicals, though, so I knew, I, I knew it was coming. Uh, I, I'm not, but I, I respect the pick. Like I say, like, well, the reason was part of the components of my 95 were albums that did have critical acclaim, even if I didn't necessarily vibe with it the best. But no, the ha- I mean, actually, the funny thing is you could have made the argument for it being in your top five. And I think you could have made a pretty solid argument for it. And I uh, have listened to a yeah. second of it. Yeah, um, I, I could. The only thing that would hurt it being in the top five is as much impact as this has had. Um, I don't feel like it's better than anything I put in the top five ultimately. Um, so I I felt good putting in honorable mentions, but like from the first time I played this album last year, I played it like that was the only thing going in my car other than a few podcasts. This is the thing that replaced podcasts for me in the car for months until I finally kind of weaned myself off of it a few months later. So I, because I, I was going ham for Hamilton, literally. So, um, yeah, that 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 made that the honorable mention list, man. Good job, good job. I respect it, even though I, like, I will probably never watch a single second of Hamilton. I still respect it. Okay, <laughs> and 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 that's why you're the semi-regular co-host because you respect you're you're open to hearing about things without completely shutting things down. Exactly. It's very important. Very important. <laughs> yes. All right. So, what do you have? What do you have next? All right. Well, I'm gonna take a drink of this water real quick. <clears throat> okay. Now I'm clear. Oh, oh, it's so fucking wild. The, the Nationals won last night, and then the Mystics are fucking champions today. You God, wish you were God. home, don't you? I would have gone to the viewing party yesterday. I would have fucking went, and they didn't leave until like fucking one thirty. I would have gone, yo. I totally would have fucking gone. That's all right, man. Then you can get a Mystics uh, national or Mystics uh, World Champion shirt. I I will fucking wear that every day. I believe you. Yes. So speaking of ladies that uh, just uh, broke some, well, not broke some barriers, but some ladies coming out on top. My next honorable mention is from a lady, and some would say that she is the the biggest thing in music and even in the world at this Ooh, point in her career. Wow. I'm talking about Mrs. Beyonce. And this entry, 
I really love her self-titled album, Beyonce, but this is where mm. Lemonade sits for me. It's in the honorable mentions. And we'll, remember when I told you that you would probably name one of my top fives? Ah, uh, there it is. You, you have. And actually, you named a, a 95 and a 5. So <laughs> I, did put, I did put Beyonce's self-titled as an honorable mention. Well, it, it made the 95. But my number four album of of the 2010s is Lemonade. Um, and I, I think that for the fact of how much of a this was a this was the album that really put her in the category of greatest entertainers of all time. Yes. And like I I still remember the concert, her lemonade concert. She came to Pittsburgh. Uh, she was in um, Heinz Field, and I—it's the scope of the, that concert alone. It's probably like the, the the best concert I've ever gone to. Like just the mac, just like the hundred foot fucking screen that rotate the 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 catwalk in the middle of the crowd, but yes. it's also like a moving stage. Just the spectacle of that concert, I I will probably never get to go to another concert like that. Um, so it was it's probably like the best concert I've probably ever been to in my life. Um, and just the just Lemonade itself, just the visual aspect of that, the visual album of what she was able to accomplish with that, like that was really fucking special. Um, and that led to Homecoming. Which was a the homecoming performance in itself was oh my God. just grand. Yeah. Like so even like you can make the argument that musically itself, Lemonade, it you can probably make the argument like self-titled or like another Beyonce album is probably musically greater than Lemonade. Just the importance of what Lemonade was, the conversation that it had in 2016. Of how it really was one of the best albums of that year, and then everything as a result of that for Beyonce's career, like that. That's why it has to make the top five. Um, so yeah, there's albums in my '95 that I like better than Lemonade, but there's very few that have more importance than Lemonade. Just the album cover itself is just so freaking iconic, man. That that's that just yeah. goes so hard. So out of your five, where where was Lemonade ranked? That was my number four. That okay. was my number four. Okay, so so you, my three is revealed and your number four is revealed now. Anything else yeah. you want to say about Lemonade? Because uh, since I was your spot, you're picking everything. Like, I kind of took over the throne from you. Um, I have written about... Um, I think we may talk about a little bit on here, but I would written about the Homecoming documentary, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, definitely has lineage from Lemonade. Um... And just, I'd written about how Beyonce has mastered the black aesthetic. Like, basically, she knows she knows how to make black people beautiful in all of her mediums. Like, she knows what it, the importance of what black womanhood is and how to actually articulate it um, through her music and visually. This album does that. Eliminate you know, video, the movie, music video, whatever you want to call it, that 
made that articulated also and the homecoming performance at Coachella, which is Baychella, like that articulated also. So she is a she is a visual artist, is the most important visual artist since Michael Jackson. Like she yes. she she has done everything that Michael Jackson did, but actually haven't mean something. Like Michael Jackson's visuals, if you want to be like critical of that, like there's not much of his visuals that had social relevance and honestly it all had pop culture relevance like that's bar like that's undisputable but like everything that beyonce does to her being pregnant on the grammys and performing to her super bowl performance and fucking channeling the black fucking panthers almost like just her just being a total badass and that lineage from lemonade and speaking of Bruno Mars, her with Bruno Mars in Super Bowl performance, like every performance she does now, it is pop culture. Like Beyonce is pop culture. Mm-hmm. So the, the magnitude of what she does, like, because you can like you can even make an argument that she may not even have another album as important as Lemonade. She may not have another moment as important as Lemonade. That's okay. Like. It's okay that artists don't have to continually top themselves, but just everything in that moment and everything since then from the last three years, like, it's really been a very sort of special ride for her career. So, and, and Lemonade really was the, the, the kicking off point of that. Well, beautifully said, because like I said, like there, I love self-titled, but Lemonade literally takes the cake and with the visuals and the music and the meaning behind the music and then Homecoming, there's just no topping that for Beyonce at this point. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to put her in a box because, you know, you don't put baby in the corner. So. Literally, you can't put baby in the corner. You no, the, the beehive will come for you. Exactly. From one woman to another. This is the best album from this female artist. And this was an album I never thought we would, a mature sounding album that I did not think that we were going to be getting from this artist when it came out. And it was also a critically acclaimed album that got slept on so hard by the Grammys. And it came out the same freaking year as Lemonade and should have been going toe to toe with Lemonade, in my opinion, because I love this album so much. I'm talking about Riri's anti-album. Okay, that that definitely made the 95. Yeah. <laughs> but I, why, why did... What is it about anti for me? Yeah. Well, what what happened was I worked. I had a coworker who, um, she she moved from California to work to come to West Virginia to live with her mom because she's trying to save money. Don't ask me why. And anyway, she she came <laughs> okay. here, and she she she's a black girl and uh she just was into all kinds of like she was into like the heartbeat of all the shit like she was probably the most in tune person to what was happening moment by moment musically that i had that i've known in recent years and this album dropped man and like i'd heard work and work was like all right work's fine no it's like she's like have you listened to the whole album i'm like no she's like you need to listen to the whole album you know this whole album and she's like i'm gonna play this whole album so she would just literally pull up her phone and we would just sit there in the mornings when we opened at work or when we closed 
and she would play anti start to finish. And I was like, damn, this album's good. And I just could not believe that, no offense to Rihanna or anything, but I, I mean, I guess so, but I did not expect her to make this kind of dope-ass album, man, because, I mean, an album before this was Bitch Better Have My Money. So I <laughs> thought at best we were going to get Trap Riri some more, and this album is so far from it. And, I mean, just the first three joints before you even get to work. I mean, Consideration, James Joint, and Kiss It Better, all fucking fire. Then you got Needed Me halfway through, and then Love on the Brain in the Higher, one of the craziest freaking um, vo- like vocally challenging songs for her to do. Both of those songs are both gorgeous, I think. And then even if you throw in the bonus tracks, and then you get a little bit more playful, Riri, especially when you get to Sex With Me, man. Like, this whole, and yeah, I said it, like, the, the swagger on that joint, man. Like, come on. This this album is just so good, man. And I was really disappointed that it did not get more, like, it, it didn't get nominated for shit, man. And it, it really got overshadowed by the title wave <laughs> that was Lemonade. So Hilarious. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that's... That's my uh, another honorable mention for me, man. It came out January 28, 2016, and Lemonade, I feel like, came out after it. But, I mean, once Lemonade hit, yeah, it came out in April. So it, it had three months to live <laughs> before uh, Lemonade dropped in 2016, and after that was kind of like there, there was nothing she could have done. Because even, even if you remember the debate, like, yeah, like, I think a lot of people did debate about, you know, Anti versus Lemonade. And Anti was definitely championed as Rihanna's best work. Um, so, yeah, man, like a lot of people would agree with you that um, Anti was really fucking killer. Um, it was, I mean, because she that was her last album, right? She hasn't put out an album. Yeah, she has not put out anything yet. She found other ways to make money, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll get back to it eventually." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to yeah, go in the studio. Uh, I mean, if, especially you got this makeup empire, exactly. <laughs> like so Savage Fenty, man. Yeah, definitely. So she, Rihanna, definitely has the water fingertips now, and that's there's nothing wrong with that at all. No, not at all. She was even decent in um, Ocean's Eight. She was decent. I'm not gonna say she was should have won an award, but she was she was solid in that. So you go, Riri. You go. <laughs> I'll let you be the judge. I never saw it, but I'll let you be the judge of that. Ocean's one. Eight is good, man. I think you. I think you'd like it. I know you ain't gonna seek it out or anything, but I liked it a lot. Um, next honorable mention. This album is near and dear to my heart, and it was considered to maybe be in the top five, but I couldn't pull the trigger. But I talked about this album a couple episodes ago, actually, because it had something to do with uh, my camouflage shorts obsession. And uh, this uh, this mixtape now album that is is out on streaming platforms with a couple songs remixed is uh, Wiz Khalifa's Cushion Orange Juice. Ooh. OK, I I was always late on Wiz, but tell me why I made your honorable mention. I was late on it, too, man, because like I said on that episode, I don't know if you listened to it, but I had a bad experience meeting Wiz. Like, he was rude to me, at least I thought from my standpoint as a 
as one of the best rappers in Morgantown in my head in 2008 that he would dare <laughs> tell me to wait a second and then walk away from me. So I felt a little disrespected by Wiz. And then when like he started, uh, like when Say Yeah came out, I was like, oh yeah, Say Yeah is fine. And it's no big deal, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like he got dropped. And I was like, ah, and then got dropped. I was like, ah, <laughs> you know, I, I am what I am. And then Cushion Orange Juice came out and I just, I kept seeing it on the blog, seeing it on the blogs. Like, oh, Wiz has got a new album. Uh, Cushion Orange Juice came, uh, is out and, uh, and all this stuff. And he kept coming across the blogs and he got a new visual. He got a new visual. And it was really the visuals, man. Because I, I think I watched the video for um, the kid Frankie. And that's when they were at um, at the studios up in Pittsburgh and everything. And, and Wiz, I mean, Wiz is one of the first rappers like on YouTube, I think who was really living that life of, of like, yeah, smoke weed. Like, I mean, obviously he didn't, um, like he's always talked about in his records, but he was one of the first rappers I remember getting on YouTube. And like, fuck it, I'm going to just smoke on YouTube. I don't care. And so that, and like, I don't know what it was in my uh, 2011 brain, but seeing that and then watching the day-to-day vlogs and then listening to this whole album just start to finish. It's a great-ass album. It's 20 tracks, but... It, there's no bad raps on here. It's probably some of the best raps that Wiz has done his whole career. Um, like he was, he was kind of in that. Like this is before Wiz got lazy because Wiz, of course, figured figured out I can do weed rap and I have this this army of of fans who will follow me no matter what. So this is kind of what he's always catered to. Like since his first album, Rolling Papers, came out, and he's like switched it up a little bit to do different singles and stuff. But Wiz has never got to worry about not selling out a tour, you know. He's got yeah. money in the bank, so he's comfortable. But this is where he was taking the most chances. The beats were solid. He he was more focused on what he was. I feel like he was trying to say lyrically and stuff. I just feel like it's his best project start to finish, and there's nothing that's even coming close. I I I've never gotten the Wiz like I. I remember like the conversation around Cushion OJ. Um, it was just Wiz was never someone I ever got into. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think it was I think it was kind of disconcerting how because I remember the say yeah Wiz and that song was ass. I'm sorry, like just say, say yeah, yeah, say yeah. It was not I, good. ID Labs, yeah, ID Labs is the studio where. Rostrum was based out of and Wiz and Mac used to record out of. Yeah. And so, because I still remember the flyer from the Morgantown performance. Mm-hmm. And this was before he had the tattoos. This was after Say Yeah. So he was trying to do his like, his little pop tart bubblegum EDM bullshit rap. And yeah. so I saw that. And then all of a sudden he just popped up with like tattoos every fucking where. Yep. And and like the the weed and like the glasses and the chains and this was kind of like, are you a poser? Like it really felt like that to me. So yeah. I never gave it a chance, honestly. But but yeah, like I remember everyone was really on top of Cushion OJ. Um, I do think and the funny I never got into it. I never even gave it a try, honestly, to be quite frank, because I feel like. After he did Cushion OJ, there was literally nothing else after that. Like, there was no other project that he did that was critically acclaimed. Like, there was no other. No. I feel like I feel like when Cushion OJ dropped, that was basically the moment of time for Wiz, and then everything is basically 
him living off of legacy since then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I just never really gave it a chance. It's like I never watched a Woody Allen movie because you know he's Woody Allen, <laughs> but but like Wiz is like he was someone who I thought was kind of a poser. And then since he dropped his best shit, he hasn't done anything really worth that since. So uh, I just never like really had the mind to go back to it. Yeah, like Wiz and I had a moment, man, because between Kush and OJ and then they dropped that Cabin Fever mixtape, which I really loved a lot. And then he turned around and dropped Rolling Papers. That was his three projects for me that I, I just was had constant in rotation. And honestly, it was... It literally went. Cushion OJ was the best one. Cabin Fever was really good. Um, it had a bunch of Lex Luger beats on it. And then um, Rolling Papers came out. And Rolling Papers, of course, had black and yellow on it. But then I thought Rolling Papers was a, a solid album for what it was outside of uh, the singles and stuff. And then he, he lost me then like shortly after that once he, uh, he got comfortable and the money started rolling in. And he lost me around uh, like a year later with Taylor Alderdice that came out. And I was like... Yeah, I don't know if I'm feeling Wiz anymore, but Coach and Orange Juice, it still goes. If you ever listen to it, don't listen to the streaming version because there's two remixes of, on there that aren't as good as this mixtape version. So try to dig, um, find the mixtape version or ask me for the mixtape version and listen to that because that's the purest form of Coach and OJ to me. Yeah, because like, there was not even a real... Because I remember people being big on Coach and OJ, but there wasn't a real song that people were like, oh, yeah, this is a song of 2010. Like, no, no, and there wasn't. Yeah, like, because I can see, because, like, even if you say something like, we're talking about House of Balloons and Weekend, like, I can say, yo, if you like the, if you like the morning, like, you'll fuck with House of Balloons. Like, if you pick, like, you know, Good Kid, Mad City, if you, like, poetic justice or if there's a song that you can pick that stands out like i never heard a single person say oh yeah you know track eight like that's the best song of the year i don't even i've never even heard people even tweet like or quote like uh, whiz lyrics right and that's kind of why i never got into them either so it's like so what specifically about cushion oj for you i'm asking you this like like i'm I thought about it overall, but like, but specifically for you, you telling like, what was something about Cushion OJ that you thought was like, oh yeah, like this is the shit I need to keep in rotation. Uh, it it, it was really just it was a probably one of the first projects that really truly had a vibe about it because I can honestly tell you if I'm listening to the track, I can do the lyrics for you, but there's nothing lyrically that's like, oh my god, he said some dope shit. He said some cool shit in the midst of a, of of the verses and stuff. But there's nothing out there that on there that's really stand out to me, um, lyrically. But like if if we're talking like certain songs that really move me, man, like Mesmerize, that's the first joint I think's really dope. The statement I always felt like I tweeted him multiple times. I was like, get Nas to do a remix of the statement, because Nas would kill that track. That track is such has such a Nas vibe to it. The kid Frankie I mentioned, Up is cool. Um that kind of started the sing songy whiz thing, but that's the only song on here where he's kind of singing, really. So up was cool. Never been is my shit because that's a chrono, chrono chrono trigger sample, and chrono trigger is one of my favorite video games of all time. And that's the one that didn't get cleared when they did streaming. So never been in the cut was a real big one. In the cut, in the cut, rolling doobies up. That that's a real big one. Uh, Visions, 
uh, is another one still blazing, has the reggae vibe to it, which is dope. Glass House has currency and big crit on it. Um, one of the few uh, big crit verses that, okay, I'm not a big cr- fan of big crit only because his ver- ver- voice, nothing against big crit, but I, I do enjoy his verse on uh, uh, Glass House and Anytime Currency and Wiz get together. Other than that awful live album they put together a few years ago. Um, I really enjoy their chemistry together. So there, there's a lot of stuff on here that just, it, it's very 2011-ish. It's very in its time. But, I mean, you either, I mean, if you, I think you almost had to be in the moment to listen to it. So I don't know if you, if you listening to it now for the first time, I don't know if you would enjoy it as much. But, I mean, you did live in that time period. So it might be able, you might be able to kind of understand it better then. But I just really feel like it's a, a well thought out, album from an artist standpoint and and just from the concept to the delivery but i can't really say that there's anything on here that moves me other than how good i think the songs sound overall like lyrically i'm not going to say that wiz blew me away or anything with this project but i just love it and it's near and dear to my heart because i know i can play this start to finish and not and not skip anything i can't believe we came out here to slander the good name of Big Crit. I'm not two, a Big Crit fan, man. Two, I can't help it. Two projects from him made the 95. Crit was here and King Remembered in Time. Those albums were fucking flames. But any fucking way... It sounds like Pimp to me, man. Huh? And there's only one Pimp. I'm sorry. Well, look at you. Look, look at this hateration and holleration in this dancery. I mean, this. have you not met me? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Anyway, I because because the funny thing is like yeah like I know you said that because I was of that era maybe I would like the album but like I said I like, like even when I said for you like I'm not sure if you would really get into uh, Six Nights like because that kind of was a moment in time and Future Future actually had a really good run of projects but then. His latest stuff, I'm kind of off of. Okay. Um, but I don't know I, if we ever do the episode of that. I I will give Cushion OJ an actual chance to see like what that's in for. Okay. Fair enough. Sounds good to me, man. Yeah. So, I, I just found this uh, old ass Wiz picture. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you where he has no tattoos. So, so you can. Is it? I don't think we ever. Not just me and you, but society. Whenever, we, whenever we say Wiz looks like Jiminy Cricket, is it racist or not? Uh, <laughs> if a black person says that, no, he does not. No, he he totally has Jiminy Cricket vibes to this day. It is what it is. Dog, he looks like a fucking... Especially in this picture I'm looking at here. (laughs) Hold on, I'm about to pull it up now. Holy shit, hold on. Yeah, man. I gotta run Adobe. Let me me read you this. Let's see. Uh, I sat down with Pittsburgh's hip-hop phenomenon, Wiz Khalifa, Rostrum Records. Yo, he looks like a... For whatever reason, keeps... Oh, (laughs) He's got a. He's got. Is that a state property jacket he's got on? It is a state property jacket. Oh my god, this shit is crazy. He looks like 
He looks like, oh my god, he looks like Ludacris's younger brother in these pictures. God damn. <laughs> oh my god. Back oh, the last time. Oh my god. Jesus. How old is this this webpage too? Like, is this from like five? Like, it's at least from two thousand six, man. It says copyright two thousand six. That's crazy. Blogs are better than this in two thousand six. Look at the fire emoji. Look at the fire emoji. It's definitely the fire gif. Like the picture with that black dude in the middle is some for someone's flip phone. Like, <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> exclusive interview, from March of two thousand six. Was he? He was not a, a rap phenomenon in Pittsburgh in two thousand six, was he? Like, he was the got biggest thing happening. Yeah, that's crazy. Remember, he's the first dude that came out of there, man. Yeah. So, next honorable mention. <laughs> we talked it's about not, this. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, nah, I was gonna say like it's revolving these pictures of his baggy ass shirts. Like shout out to the shout out to the the baggy era. Like that was an era, boy. It was oh, it was an era, and it was an error. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, keep going. I'm gonna have to explore this Brother Ash Productions website, man. <laughs> Shout out to Black Business Events and Culture, yo. Shout out to him. <laughs> oh, God. Yo, there's a 90s all-black affair. <laughs> it has Key Sweat, Stephanie Mills, H-Town. How old is this? Can I even click on this link? It's not. Okay, wait. When when was it supposed to be? Let's see. October 18th, 19th. It's probably... Oh, uh, my God. It's old. It's real old. Okay, anyway, I got to get off that. Or we can spend 20 minutes talking about this website. Next one we talked about on Alipal, man. One of the albums we talked about on Alipal. So I'm just going to tell y'all that if y'all want to hear my takes on this album, because I really love this album, go to It's Like a Podcast, whatever. It's the episode of me and Marcus. It was, it's called, uh, uh, Bella, her name was Bella Anderson, uh, I believe is what, he, is what Eric called it. It's Because of the Internet by Childish Gambino. That's my next honorable mention. Oh, well, yeah, we did break down that album uh, yeah, pretty thoroughly on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we agree that's still, you know, a really solid, really good album from that. Um, so, yeah, that would have made the 95 also. What's your go back and listen to that episode, which was a very phenomenal, really good episode. Of course it was. Of Isla Powell. Uh, we break down the best moments of um because of the internet and good kid mad city so yes, go sir. back to listen to that go back to the snap pod to get some more gaming ear hole um <laughs> so so what's the next um honorable mention you have yeah the, the next one i have yeah it was uh isla Powell season four episode 21 what her name her, her name is abella anderson that was what it was called um anyway next honorable mention is a kendrick lamar project um, if I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess it's to pimp a butterfly. It is to pimp a butterfly. Very good. To pimp a uh, butterfly. I debated whether it was in the five, but it wasn't better than something else that's in the five. So, to pimp a butterfly, ladies and gentlemen, made honorable mentions. Uh, it was Kendrick's third studio album, if I'm um, you're counting correctly, and. 
as I, um, it's actually the album that brought me and Marcus together as a host and co-host um, on Hyphen Nation because he wanted to debate about um, the Blacker to Berry and a song on Damn, and he was saying the song on Damn was better than Blacker Berry, and we had a good discussion about that, but then we talked about everything else for like two hours. That's episode 34, if you want to go back in the archives and listen to the first time me and Marcus met on Hyphen Nation. Um, but the Pimp a Butterfly Man, I always just said it was very before its time because Kendrick came out of nowhere with this very socially conscious album in a time where social, not to say it wasn't cool to be socially conscious or anything, but it came out in March of 2015. So it was like a full year before Trump got elected elected, and he was dealing with a bunch of black issues and, and uh, things that was going on and just also a lot of social issues. And it was just a black ass album coming off of the, not to say good kids, a feel good story. Cause obviously like, I mean, his friend got shot in, this, in the story and everything. I mean, it's in, and of course Shireen's a bitch. So good kids, not a feel good story, but I mean, for this, uh, to follow, be the follow up to good kid. Cause everybody's like, how's he going to top that? Well, this is how he, he th- thought he would be topping it. And it's an incredible album to start to finish, man. And then for the big reveal, of course, there'll always be that the whole spoken interlude thing throughout the album be, being that he's talking to Tupac and then they used old Tupac vocals to literally make it sound like they were having a conversation before Pac drops dead on Mortal Man, man. It's it's one of the most incredible moments that I've had um, musically. And I do love this album, but it's not better than the other Kendrick entry that's, that's in my top five. So Pimp a Butterfly is another honorable mention. Yeah, I, because even the, you know, the original pod that we had, um, it was me, you know, airing a lot of sort of grievances I had with that album. But even still, um, you can definitely be critical of an album that you do appreciate. Um, that album, it it was, it, even though I was disappointed in some of the album, that album was still the best or at least one of the best albums of that year. Oh, easily. Um, the, it was it was easily the the most using the word courageous courageous sounds a little bit funky, but that that was the only album rap album of that year that you were really trying to test boundaries of what like you could do within rap music. Um, he was blending a lot of blues and a lot of jazz, and like a lot of anger in his music. Um, I think some of it didn't uh, didn't. I'm sorry. Some of it wasn't pulled off as as best as he probably wanted it to. But the up the the uh, that album had a lot to give, and so that album really did. Um, it really did make an impression, particularly for that year in the culture of rap. Um, I haven't listened to that album in a couple of years. Like I, it's been a long time since I listened to that album. It's been a while for me too. Um, but yeah, like that. That album, it, it is good. So I can definitely understand why it would be in the honorable mentions. All right, so I got two more, and we've already taken talking about one. We talked about Take Care already. So Take yeah. Care was in my honorable mentions. I mean, it, it's, again, such a moment in time, and it's it's the best of what Aubrey has done in his career, and it's, a, it's his apex mountain at this point. There will never be another Marvin's Room moment. There will never be another... Hell yeah, fucking right. I mean, they made YOLO a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I mean, and that was a bonus track because Motto and Hate Sleeping Alone were both bonus tracks. I mean, we'll never get another ride, man. Never get Able yeah. with the vocals. Never get another Lord Knows with Just Blaze, man. And never get another camera slash good ones go, man. Like, ugh. like as and as much as even headlines, like everybody like maybe got sick of headlines being the enter the first single, like headlines blended in the sound of this album. It, it's it's incredible. And and to and then even on top of all that, I mean, buried a lot interlude had Kendrick right freaking there. <laughs> and this is like right before we got Good Kid the next year, man. So so Drake definitely had his fingers on the pulse. Crew love shot for me over my dead body. Like it's the best Drake album, and it will continue to be the Drake best Drake album at the rate he's going. <laughs> at the rate he's going, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, it's it is the best Drake album. Like it's like if if so ultimately if you like R and B Drake. The best Drake album is probably going to end up being, um, maybe nothing was the same or views. Um, but if if rapping Drake is your favorite Drake, then it's going to it's going to be either Take Care or If Nothing Was the Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do, depending on my mood, I may say If Nothing Was the Same. Uh, I'm sorry, I may say If You're Reading It's Too Late is better than Take Care, but for the most part, I, I do say Take Care is the best Drake, so. So yeah, that's why it was in my honorable mentions, too. Um, If you're reading this, would be the best form of just Drake straight rapping all the way through, because that yeah. literally was a mixtape for All-Star Weekend, and he did the damn thing. But yeah. overall, can I say it's better than Take Care or nothing was the same? No, I can't say that. Not personally. One more honorable Yeah, a lot mention. of people... Oh, yeah, go ahead, I'm people. sorry. No, a lot of people would agree with you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, what's your next one? So, this is timely, considering the Washington Mystics just won the WNBA championship. Oh, yeah. I got somebody from the DMV, somebody who claims D.C., somebody who had, who once had a song called Uptown Roamers. Uh, Mr. Wale is in honorable mentions. Ooh. And I'm really Really interested to hear this pick. Go keep going. And and Wale continues to be, despite my disappointment with Shine. But um, I'm very excited about the new singles and a new album that's actually dropping uh, t- tomorrow, October 11th. You're going to hear this on Sunday. But by the time you're hearing this, Wale will have a new album out. Um, this project, and there was one other Wale project that made the list. It was um, more about nothing. That came out in 2010. Really love the more about nothing mixtape. Him and Wiz Khalifa, ironically enough, have a great song on there that I really love um, from that era. But my pick is The Gifted. Uh, I think The Gifted gives us the best Wale song uh, probably ever with um, 88. Yes. I I absolutely yes. love 88. Like that's that Another is just what... Blaze gift from God. Yes, it, it, it totally is. Um, Jordan three, so the whole team like sold. I sold on that, and, and I, don't, I don't even I don't even know if you remember, but even when it came out, he was like buying people Jordan threes at Fight Club. I was it was like random Wale fans who was buying was. Jordans for it. Like that shit was crazy. 
Um, I think that I that would have made my 95 if I would have thought about it. I just kind of forgot about it. Um, but I think it is the it's it is probably the best studio Wally album, honestly. Um, I think the best Wale projects are still going to be that early mixtape Wale. Like, um, I think the best probably overall thing Wale has done is probably still going to be the mixtape about nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, more about nothing, you know, is still really good. Um, 100 Miles of Running mixtape that was really good. Oh yeah, the feet the feature mixtape that he had was back really to good. the feature with Ninth Wonder. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, but. I think as far as like actual albums are concerned, I think the gifted is the best Wale album. So, um, so yeah, that that was a good pick. Yeah, and um, like I'm just looking at this track list, man, and it, it, there's nothing skippable on this whole album. And you can say what you want. I mean, he got Riri to come to come down and do the bad remix because bad with Tierra Thomas was already super dope. And then he's like, he got Rihanna come through for the remix, so that was cool. I mean, he was in a good spot, too, because it was the second MMG album. So a yeah. lot of people criticized Ambition for being too Maybach music out, and it wasn't Wale's true sound. This is him finding his happy medium, man. And we, we got our Rick Ross and Meek Mill. But at the same time, we had joints with Life Jennings on Bricks and Yo Gotti, and then uh, the CeeLo Green when we still liked him on Gullible. So I turn down the radio just to turn the TV. That come on, that's a dope hook right there. Um, Nine blunts in rotation with Wiz Khalifa and Two Chains. I did have a Two Chains project in here, but it didn't make the list, by the way. Um, so I love the Gifted Man. It's, it t- start to finish. Um, if somebody gave me a choice, um, so if you want to sit in silence, you want to listen to Gifted. Um, I'm listening to the Gifted all, all day long. Hilarious. Hilarious, um, but no, like yeah, like I, like all those songs you named are really good. Um, like I said, the Apex is definitely eighty-eight, um, and yeah, like Ambition was. I was really disappointed. Ambition, I never admitted that before, uh, but Ambition that just was not a good album. Like I, like I bought Ambition. I listened to it once, and I knew I would never listen to it back. I never listened again. to it again either, man. Right. I, I never did. Like, lo- I listened to the singles, like Lotus Flower Bomb. I floated a couple times. And, like, DC or Nothing was, was something I did like on there. But th- there really wasn't anything on there that made me want to come back. Slight Work was cool, too. I did like Slight Work. Yeah. I mean, DC or, DC or Nothing was definitely just, if you're from DC, like, that's a song that you would listen to a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I. I listened to that um, a pretty decent amount, um, but yeah, like overall, like that album was super forgettable, which is really sad because it was like he came off of um, he was coming off of attention deficit and how that album was it was a flop because Def Jam flopped it and that album was very mid like um, one of the, one of the earliest pieces that. I wrote for my blog. Um, I wrote about in twenty in two thousand nine how while I was building up all this steam from the mixtapes he was dropping, in particular the mixtape about nothing in two thousand eight. But then, uh, attention deficit. Like, not only did Dev Jam sab- uh, sabotage him by the album being super hard to actually get, um, <clears throat> the album itself in itself just wasn't that good. 
Yeah. And then Ambition, Ambition comes out two years later, and then that album isn't very good, and that album is sort of critically panned also. Um, commercially, it was excess. Like, it went gold or whatever. But, I mean, other than Lotus Flower Bomb being, like, the single and getting Grammy nominated, um, there wasn't very much to this album, to be quite honest. Um, but the rebound, eventually, that he had with Gifted two years later, like, that was the makeup for Attention Deficit and Ambition. <laughs> the funny thing about Attention Deficit now, though, is I, I hear a lot, see a lot of people saying how good Attention Deficit was and how Interscope it was Interscope's fault and that the album was way better than what he got credit. He should have gotten credit for Like now I see people saying that I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure if I go back uh, with attention deficit, I ain't going to be feeling it. Those must be young people because, because whenever I wrote about attention deficit, I wrote about that in like, um, I wrote about that in 2016. Um, so I mean, I listened to that album in the midst of me, you know, still in, you know, somewhat Wally fandom and really being sort of critical of the album. And, and like, there, I mean, there are songs that are pretty decent. Like, you get the J. Cole feature, uh, which that song is actually probably the best song on the album. But what does it say the best song in the album comes with the best verse that's not him? Like, Cole's, right. out, Cole's verse on that song is the best verse of the album. Which I I never wanted to admit, but that's like the absolute truth. Um, that album does not really hold up, honestly. I don't. I I think the 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 Rihanna sample on an album was dope. Um, Chillin was a terrible single to pick. Like like yeah. like I actually well <clears throat> I remember the original mix of Chillin. The original mix of Chillin is is better than what the album version of Chillin' was. So they dropped the ball on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was just... I think it was just Interscope trying to be a conglomerate with artists they really didn't understand. And I think that really sort of messed up Wale's psyche for a lot of different things. So, so yeah, man, it's... But I'm glad it does suck that he basically went all those years between like good projects. I mean, because he went from he went five years in between good projects. Like that's like that's a lifetime for a lot of rappers. Like it is, man. So, I mean, after I mean, he was on Self Made, the original MMG uh, compilation, and that Self Made is actually pretty decent. But yeah, like, that's not a Wale product, so you no one talks about stuff made anymore, honestly. Um, yeah. So yeah, man. I saw a bunch of best of a uh, best of lists though, the self made projects, but like none none of them was like, there's no way I'm putting this on anything. There's no point. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any more honorable mentions left? Not nah, man. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm all out. Um, anything you want to right. mention that didn't get mentioned, or do you want to jump into our five now? Or really, do you four? want me to list the? Do you want me to list the other seventy that hit the crowd? No, <laughs> uh, um, I mean, not not really. I mean, I, I there's nothing on here that I really need to talk about. I'm just, I don't know. I, I just I passed something. I was like, oh, maybe we should go through. Or I, I I did write down Bush, the Snoop Dogg album. Oh that oh. 
That made the 95 also, yes. Okay. Um, I had control. Um, uh, yeah, made the 95. Yeah, I put based on a true story. Who's uh, 2 Chains? 2 Chains, yeah. All right, that did not make the 95. Okay. And then um, um, I did have 2014 Forest Hills Drive as the only J. Cole entry, but it didn't make, did not make either list. I can I tell you the truth, man? Like, I put Born Center on here just so I didn't feel bad about not having anything J. Cole. <laughs> because actually, you know, I'm going to delete that. J. Cole, you know what? He's not going to make the top 95. For me, <laughs> I, I just I just don't think J. Cole is interesting. Like, I'm not like Shea Serrano where <laughs> Shay Shay will completely just dismiss uh, J. Cole. And his whole existence, I, yeah. He will, but I listen to Born Center, I listen to Forest Hills Drive. Those albums, for me, they got played three times at the, at, at the most, really, four times. But I'm not going, I'm not going back to him rapping about his losing his virginity. Like, I'm not going back to those raps. <laughs> so, right. So we're deleting J. Cole for the 95. So I have 94 now. Maybe uh, maybe you can put your whole list up on a on a V M A R C R O B dot WordPress dot com on Mark Rob. That'd be cool. Maybe, just maybe. Um shout out Unless to you wrote it by hand, which you probably did. No, I, I typed it out. Okay. Shout out to T D E. T E probably has the most collective projects in this. Of TDE artists, if you include Kendrick, um, Absol, who made the '95, shout out to Control System, um, two cute Schoolboy Q albums. It actually should be three because I should put Blank Face on this. So it's back to '95 now. So <laughs> I put J Rock's Redemption on there also, and I had um, Isaiah Rashad and also SZA. Two SZA albums made the '95. Uh, the album Z and the album Control. Um, so no other like crew or label has it that many. Um, shout out to Magic Jordan that I made a couple of times. Um, shout out to Future who not only did uh, 56 Lights make the 95, but also his mixtape Beast Mode in the album Dirty Sprite 2 that made the 95. Shout out to Scarface, Deeply Rooted, made the 95. Um, there's a couple alternative albums that made the 95. There's this group called Lower Dens. Um, they made the 95. Um, uh, and surprisingly, <laughs> Kanye made the list multiple times. Uh, we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, like, I have 95. It's probably could be more if I was even more obsessive. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, I yeah. that. All right, so now that I kicked off my initial list, you, so you will be the one to give your number five for your list. So what, right. is your, what is your fifth best album of the 2010s? This is my only entry from this gentleman, and we've mentioned him before throughout this podcast. He's a one and done. Go ahead. Um, this he has multiple projects, but this is the only project that I felt needed to be on this list, and there was no way I was leaving out my top five. I love this 
project so much. It became it came by surprise. He happened to be working with this this group um, that was from California, and when we found out he was tied to them, everybody was like, uh, "Really? This guy is in with these kids? These crazy kids?" Well, I'm talking about Frank Ocean, ladies and gentlemen. Number five, Nostalgia Ultra. Oh, okay. All right. That that did make the 95. But why do you think that made your top five? Man, this, this album reminded me of why... I was always such an R&B head, man. And I had been, not, like, there was a, a distinct lack, especially because I told you that Justin Timberlake was out. He hadn't been doing anything since 06. No yeah. projects from him. Usher had fallen into EDM land by by this point. So he's, like, falling in love in the club and then being lost without you and all that stuff. So Usher was gone. There, there was no real champions. Like Trey was always cool to me. I was never a big Trey songs guy. I didn't care for the Tanks and Tyrese's of the world. Um, not, not anymore. I, I didn't want to listen to them because Tank always felt like it was more adult contemporary stuff. And you know, there was nobody out there that was that was singing their ass off. That was just killing it. And Dream, Dream. I mean, no, no, like T Pain was cool because T. I really did like T Pain's uh, third album. I think it was called Three Rings. That album I really did like that, but at the same time, it still wasn't scratching that itch. And then the Dream Man, like he had his little run of stuff come out, but I was always like, this is fine. But this, like, he's not. He's a decent songwriter, makes a decent jingle or so, so to speak. I don't hate him, but he's just not. He, he, again, he's not scratching that itch. And then the first time I freaking heard Nova came, man, oh my God. Like <laughs> it, it, it was like a reawakening to my soul. And then I finally sat down and I downloaded this whole album and start to finish from, from the moment the Street Fighter tape goes in, Strawberry Swing to Nova came. We all try. Like, uh, like swim good, bro. The American Wedding Complete Hotel California lift that the Eagles are trying to sue Frank over performing live. And even with Soul Calibur and the Nature Feels, man, Soul Calibur was a, was an interlude, my bad. But there's no bad songs in this thing. And it was such a big moment when this came out. Like the blogs went nuts and Def Jam went nuts because he was signed to Def Jam. And they're like, oh, well, we didn't know you were sitting on all this. We're gonna re-release this, and he's like, "Fuck no, you ain't." <laughs> he's like, "This is this is done. Like, we're we're not redoing this. Good good luck with that. Um, you you can you're not drinking me. So, yeah, like, and and then the Odd Future connection was was interesting because I mean he sang on some of their records, and one of the best posse records in the last ten years, Oldie came from their, uh, from one of their projects, and Frank came on that joint, wrapped his ass off. Has nothing to do with this project, but I just appreciate how Frank came on that joint and killed it. Um, I, I just love Nostalgia Ultra. The title's perfect, and literally, man, it it's such a visual, visually, um, like the lyrics and the songs just take you places, man. Like you can visualize what's happening to Frank, you and you you just see yourself inside these moments, and or and it's a rare condition this day and age where an artist can make you feel those kind of feelings on his very first 
project, man. And so, and, and, and that's why it's number five for me. Uh, yeah. Well, I just want to take this time to say nature feels is better than electric feels. It always yes. has been and always will be. Yes. And I was just listening. I was listening to that. Um, uh, I think today I was listening to nature feels today. So I agree that that album is really good. Um, that definitely put, it definitely put, especially the Tumblr era, like we were talking about the Tumblr earlier, but that was an album that definitely put Frank on to on the map. Um, that whole Art Feature Collective, um, you know, I think personally, like he's definitely the best artist out of Art Feature, but I mean, Tyler isn't far behind. Like Earl Sweatshirt, you know, particularly as his skill as a rapper is not, you know, far behind. Like they had talent in their group. Um, their whole collective. I mean, they were like their biggest problem was always just the antics and how you can really tell. You know, they were definitely immature about a lot of shit. Yeah. And and I was I was even listening to Yonkers today and how the same kid that made Yonkers is now making the album Igor. And like the the difference between those albums and the growth of those albums is day and night. And there's, I mean, yeah, Tyler's definitely like a troll, and he's definitely immature about some stuff or whatever. But just for the fact that they sort of grew out of just the shock and awe campaign of what you know Odd Future was, into like what they all eventually grew into at each individual artist, um, that was always special. Um, I like I said, I did have that in my '95, but I do have an album in my top five that that did top that um for me personally um i'll just get into it it's not my number five it's actually my number three um now i'm definitely a big sad boys champion (laughs) (laughs) uh we're definitely in the fields on this side um absolutely crying nation son yeah definitely definitely but my number three album of the 2010s, um, personally, it would be Blonde, but just looking at everything overall, just for how this album propelled Frank's career, and it basically launched, you know, who this guy is as an artist and as a pop culture staple. Um, my number three album of the 2010s is Channel Orange. Oh, yeah. I had yeah. a feeling that that you would be you be have Channel Orange ahead of it, and I, I'm not surprised that it's in the top five because Channel Orange is so dope. It's so I'd like, I mean, even if you start with thinking about you and and go top to bottom, super rich kids, pyramids, freaking pyramids, Marcus. Do you remember first time you yeah. listened to pyramids, man? Pyramid. She's working at the pyramid tonight. 
Working at the pyramid. Yeah, yeah. Working at the pyramid tonight. Yeah, working at the pyramid. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I I remember the art the artwork with Homer Simpson and the bo- and his boner. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> it's, it's on Wikipedia right now. Oh, I gotta look that up. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, man. Like pyramids was like a moment in time. Like, yeah, like I I love Channel Orange. It it just uh, nostalgia meant more to me because of of the lack thereof of artists like Frank and the fact that that was the first thing I heard from Frank, but channel orange is, is so stinking good. And I mean, he got Andre 3000 on there. So I know that's going to bias you a little bit. And yeah. Um, lost is dope. He got John Mayer to be on the record and play some guitar for him. Um, yeah. Even the, religion. the, the SNL performance with John Mayer. I, I like save the SNL performances songs. It's just like songs, like just to listen to. Yeah. So whenever, so whenever channel orange finished, it would go right into, um, it would go to, uh, bad religion, not bad religion, but, um, um, what was it? Hold on, I'm, trying, I'm trying to look right now. Um, thinking about you, and then it will go to like the second part of pyramids. That, mm. That's what you're doing now. Nice. Um, but yeah, man, like, yeah. I, and the funny thing is, like, I know people that even I know you said like, um, you know, I I picked orange over uh, nostalgia ultra. Like that was a debate at the time too that I saw. Like people were really picking between the two, and like there are people that you know even when Channel Orange like came out and like it was this like massive cultural thing. Like people were still saying, well, you know, Nostalgia Ultra is still better anyway. So I mean that's okay. Like that like your preference is your preference. Um, but for me though, like yeah, like this was the staple moment of his career. And I like I said, I even think I like Blonde like. I like personally like Blonde better than both of those albums, but just the significance of what those albums um, meant, particularly Channel Orange, like it's just undeniable, really. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad that uh, we both give Frank the proper respect because I, I know I came with some Frank slander the other day because I got mad about the whole oceans argument we was having in the group chat and shit. But Frank Frank is is one of a kind man and. I can't wait to see what he does next because as as elusive as he seems to be, when he pops up, it's always worth it. So kudos to Frank, yeah. man. That yeah. thanks for what you've done in these past ten years, brother. Yes, definitely. Um so that so, was your number three, and that was my number yeah. five. Okay. Yeah. So let me I'll give my number five now. Okay. Now this this number five is I don't think you've ever listened to this group. Uh, maybe okay. I'm wrong. Maybe you have. Um, maybe listeners, maybe you've not listened to this group either. Um, it's a group uh, called Tor- Toro y Moi. Okay, um, nope, not up on it. So they are basically, if you think of like the, the mid-decade, like, you know, there you know there was like an EDM sort of, there was an EDM push, but there was also a, a sector of people just making alternative electronic music. Yes. Um, this group is sort of like that, like where they don't make, you know, they don't make EDM. They don't necessarily make just house music, but they sort of blend 
um, pop and electronic um, to make what people will consider chill wave. Um, the, the album that I pick is my number five um, is an album called Anything in Return. Um, that album is probably the best sort of of that genre of just chill wave, but also really blending um, electronic music and sort of bluesy pop music together. Chaz Bundick? Yeah. So um, you may he may be familiar to you because a couple of years ago he was like this black guy who did like a he basically tweeted like something like all lives matter esque like in like I think it was like two years ago. Oh, and okay. and you know he got kind of canceled over whatever, but not really because cancel culture isn't a real thing. <laughs> but um but they're their album that they dropped in 2013, uh, Anything in Return, um, like I said, like it's the the production is fucking great. Like the production of the album is really great. Um, the lyrics are are really good, and it's like a lot of it's a lot of sad boy music, but it's a lot of just sort of like thinking about what it means to like be sort of brokenhearted, but also like wanting to get out of a relationship wanting to pine for that person, even though, like, you fucked up, like, a lot of, not necessarily, like, fuckboy stuff, but some of it is kind of, like, fuckboy s where it's, like, there's one song where he, like, broke up and it was his fault, but he wants her back anyway, so <laughs> that that does kind of boil on a fuckboy, but that album is is really good. I ended up getting, I ended up getting to see them live in Pittsburgh, um, like the like that summer that the album came out, and I oh, got nice. that, I got it as a as like a surprise birthday gift, and so that shit was like really fucking dope. Um, again, like they're like I said, like they're like a electronic, chill wave pop band or whatever. Um, so they're most like I don't like they don't even have like a hit record. I don't think like as far as like a. I don't think they have anything that's even gone gold before, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, this album, it 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 was number one on the U.S. electronic slash dance albums, but in the Billboard 200, it only peaked at 60. So, um, so yeah, like they aren't necessarily like a, I don't want to say a popular band. Like they definitely are Tumblr esque. Like like during that era of Tumblr, like. A lot of their shit was like all over Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but because Tumblr got rid of the music, like that shit is all really dead now. Um, right. But now, like, 2013 is anything would turn. Um, and that's an album that we've discussed, listeners, that uh, you guys maybe not familiar with. I think that's an album to at least take a plunge on just to see if you would like it or not. Um, I think the album's really, really good. And for me, it does have sort of like a special place for me, but that album is, is, is one of the best albums, one of my favorite albums. Cool. Yeah. That that's a uh, very dope. Something else I'm going to add to the, to the archives to check out as well. All right. Nice. So uh, my number four. My number four. So my number three's out there, and your number three's out there, and both our fives now. My number four is my only entry from this artist. And it was tough because this guy put out a lot of music over the years, man. He had Jay-Z-esque production. Like, summer after summer, he was coming with it, man. And mm-hmm. it all started with, um, I, I guess, I know it started for you. It started with his uh, second album um, that really started grabbing you. For me, it was his third album, which came out in 2010. Um, but it, But the thing that put it over the top and the thing that, definitely makes my number four list is this project by that guy who used to be a CEO and got outed. Um, <laughs> Ricky Rose, the Teflon Don himself. Would you like to take a guess what project this is? Huh? You said, so you said it was not Teflon Don. It's not Teflon Don. And I love Teflon Don. There's something better than it though, bro. The album from this year, Port of Miami 2? Port of Miami 2 is really good, but it's not better than this album. Um, cause I don't think I don't think Mesmerize is gonna be on this, but what is it? It is 20. I said, I said Mesmerize, I meant Mastermind, I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay, I know what you meant, bro. It is from January 2012. Rick Ross, Rich Forever. Rich forever? Oh, uh, nah. <laughs> what do you mean, uh, nah? What are you talking about? What? Oh, rich forever? The mixtape rich forever? Come on, high definition. Come on. Holy Ghost. Come on, man. Fuck them with two chains and Wale. Dope. Triple Beam Dreams. Dope. Um, what? Okay, Ring Ring is terrible. So that, that is a bad song. Uh, but stay scheming is on here. Party heart. What? I uh, swear to God. Uh, new Bugatti. What, what am I missing? What? You don't like missing, Rich Forever? You're missing better projects than Rich Forever. <laughs> wow. Nah. Like, like that album, like that mixtape, it's, it's a solid mixtape. Are you trying I, to say out like Albert Anastasia is better or something? Is that what you're trying to lean towards? Oh well, hell no. Well, ashes to like ashes. That. But I mean, those had individual songs that were really. There were some songs in there, both those that you just named, that were really classic Ross records. Um, but nah, man, there's there's better. Oh, it was there's his third album better. for you. There was way better music than I. I don't that. agree, man. I, I like the closest thing for me would be Teflon Don. I know you love deeper than rap. Teflon oh. Don was my my key to the to the to the gateway. 
I don't like God forgives. I don't. I don't like it. It, it never did anything for me. Mastermind's wonderful. Hood Billionaire is very mid. Black Market is dope. Rather You Than Me was fine. Border Miami 2 is a return to form for me. But they're rich forever. Why are you not like you're rich forever? I don't get it. Well, one, I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm just saying, not just for Rick Ross, but for the scope of music, there was way better music than Rich Forever. Like, I, like the songs that you named from there, they were good songs. Like, they were, they they were good songs, but nah, like, like, we literally talked, unless you put Frank Ocean's channel Orange over Rich Forever, there's no reason that you should have Richard Ever over Channel Orange. Like <laughs> I said what I said. That is that's the hottest take so far. <laughs> I said what I said. Man, that man, is listen. A take. This Richard stands up. It's better you, than Ultra Nostalgia. Uh, it's Nostalgia Ultra, yes. You said Rich Forever is better than all those honorable mention albums you named. So it's better than Lemonade. Is better than Beyonce's self-title. It's better than we spent two hours talking about albums that are better than Rich Forever. <laughs> oh no, Kelly, this is a flub. <laughs> I, I I don't agree. Uh, I don't agree. Oh man! If it wasn't Rich Forever, it's gonna be Teflon Don. And I I will stand by both of those projects being better than everything on my honorable mention list. Ooh, that is a take. And you haven't even listened to Bandana or Pendata yet. That is a take, boy. Woo! Hold on, you so... Hold on, so we... So there's not a Mac Miller album that you have better than Rich Forever. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. Please don't do this, Kelly. <laughs> oh, no. Kellen. Kellen. My dog is over there choking right now. I think he's even shocked by this decision. Hold on. 2020 experience. You're saying it's not a better album than Rich Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kellen. Ooh, I said what I said. I'm sticking with it. I don't care. I I really Ooh. like Rich Forever, man. I'm. I can I'm, tell. I can tell. I really love that album, man. It, I'm. I. That album's just a whole ass mood for me, and I'm not. I'm not Ooh. budging off it. I'm sticking with it. I'm staying. Damn. Ooh, Brooklyn Wildin. Brooklyn. Brooklyn caught the Holy Ghost when you said that. He's over there doing something. Like, no, hey, like, world's greatest podcast in progress over here, Brooklyn. Stop. Damn. No, like, no. So, I, because even if he, if we were in serious talking about Rich Forever, so even the run between Holy Ghost and Triple Being Dream, which is the first eight songs of the mixtape, all eight of those are non skippable. Even if he, even including the London skit where he said two ankles. To fifty dollars a sock, you do the math. Like, all like you don't have to skip any of that. So that's the first eight songs of your your project that are really good. Okay, like that's that's good, right? But then it gets really shaky after that. Like it, 
it's a lot of shit you can skip after that. So, <laughs> oh, Kellen, that is a hot take, boy. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the hot takes, man. All right, well, I said what I said, and I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at the pimp butterfly right now, and I'm like, oh, because the internet and the gifted and take care, and I'm like, <laughs> and lemonade and anti. You said, <laughs> Kelly, you said. Richard Ellis better than Pimple Butterfly. <laughs> oh, Kelly, nah, don't ever change, man. Don't ever change, yo. Nah, this, this is stand number three. This is stand number three. We're not changing these picks, yo. This is a great pick, man. Oh, man. Oh, so this is the most emotional pick I, I realized, man. It was like, I thought I was making a lot of emotionally invested like choices here. But this is easily the most, uh, like, in my feelings, like, this this album just means more to me than all this other stuff pick, obviously. It's crazy. There's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So, like, you're on the, you're on the record, this is the best mixtape of the 10s. <laughs> <laughs> is Christian OJ totally a mixtape? It was a mixtape. It was a mixtape. Oh man. man. Uh, I love it. I'm I'm I said what I said. I'm not budging. I I love it. I absolutely love it, man. This is this is great. This just this moment, this pod is totally worth it. Like (laughs) it was all putting us to this moment. <laughs> oh, man, that was great, man. Holy, I, do we even need to do more picks? Like, I think that is the pick of night. Like, oh man, Whew. that was a good one, man. That was a good one. I'm but no, in all seriousness, but no, like in all seriousness, like I said, like that first eight run, like that is that is that that's why you go to Rick Ross. Like, you want Rick Ross in the luxury rap. Like, you want the lush sounds. Like, you want the the drug talk, the killer talk, like you want all that from Rick Ross. Those first eight songs are giving you all that from Rick Ross. You get the the dope ass two chains feature. You get Birdman talking cash shit. Like you get the 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 amazing hook from John Legend. Like you get you get an amazing look from Nas. Like like that like that is what you want from Rick Ross. Like you want like the the the, the good collabs, the good production, the shit talking from Diddy. Like you, oh, I, I, the shit talking from Diddy. Like, yes, like you want all that from Ross. So, oh yeah, yeah, gotta have that shit talking from Diddy. There's nothing like it. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, that's not true because the fifties shit talking, he's a little bit better shit talker than than Diddy. But uh, they're they're almost neck and neck though because they will talk oh, some wild uh, ass shit. Not on music. Like there's, I don't think there's a there's a fifty cent like interlude or. Talking on a song that's better than the Holy Ghost shit talking. Like, that is a class shit talking from Diddy. Well, I enjoy it as you can tell. <laughs> oh, yes. The whole world, Barack Obama can tell also. 
because he's going to tell Michelle, oh, Michelle, did, did you listen to Helen? Did, did you hear this? Like, it's, it's wild. He, he said, he said, Holy, Holy Ghost Diddy is a good song, and the mixtape, Rich Forever, you know, it's good. Uh, you know, the Ultra, I can't believe it, Michelle. Like, that's, oh, that was a pick, man. That was a good ass pick, man. Good solid pick. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, man. So that was your number, your number three, right? That was on number four. Okay, number four. Homo, so we got your five through three, right? Uh, yeah, you got my five, four, and my three. I got two left. So yeah, I, I have two left also. Okay. So so just a quick recap. My five is Toro Imoa, uh anything in return. My number four is Beyonce's Lemonade. And my number three is uh, Frank Ocean Channel Orange. Uh, what's your number five and your number four? Again, my number five have... is Nostalgia Ultra. <laughs> my number four is Rich Forever by Rick Ross. Okay. <laughs> my number three is Watch the Throne. Oh, okay. Now, I, I have a feeling that we probably gonna have the same top two. If we don't, I'm gonna be very surprised. But I, what is your? Well, I'm. I, I, I think you should have the number one pick first. I think you should be the first one to tell your number one pick. So I'm gonna be first to tell my number two pick. Okay. So, I think, in all honesty. It really only comes down to two albums. Like, and I don't think it's really sort of negotiating either of these two albums. Like, no matter the order, it has to be these two albums. So, my number two pick is we've already talked about this album already. I, you know, nearly my life was nearly extinguished listening to this album. Um, it's pro- other than College Dropout, it probably is the greatest Kanye album. Uh, some people say it is the greatest Kanye album. My number two pick of the 2010s, it has to be My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, that album from beginning to end is no skips, there's no beach buttholes. It's literally <laughs> Kanye, Kanye back, Kanye back from Taylor Swift, Kanye back from Barack Sanders. Um, he's an asshole. He, oh no, he's he, he's a jackass. He's a jackass. Like, <laughs> like this is the album where, if this album would have been just mid, like his career would basically would have been over, and we don't get thrown, we don't get you know, well, I thrown and we don't get thrown. <laughs> we don't get well. I, I I'll admit, Life of Pablo that did make the ninety five. So I'm not gonna front on Life of Pablo. Wasn't even but, close for me. I mean, it's 95, so I mean, it could be in that 80 to 90 range, but um, but no, like, uh, Twisted Fantasy, there's literally, that album really is flawless. Like, I, there's, I can't think of a wrong thing to say about that, that album. Like, um, this is still when Kanye, like I said, like, he was, he was at his apex. Like, this is Apex Mountain. It's Mountain for, for Kanye. Yeah, like it's it's really the best thing like he's ever given us as far as like coming out of just being the rookie, 
coming out of the 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 tabloids and the headlines like this is the album that we all needed excluding the monster verse from Nicki Minaj like this album is perfect yeah uh Marcus I'm, I'm gonna have to tend to agree with you there because this is also in my top two um yeah lost in the world like there, there is not a number that could even begin to describe the number of times I've repeated that track back to back for hours uh, on absolutely. end. Absolutely, yes. Listening between the Bon Iver and just Kanye spitting, and then I, I honestly get mad when Gil Scott Heron comes on because it's like, damn it, I don't want like I want Lost in the World to play again, <laughs> so I have to go click it and turn it back to Lost in the World. The arrogance and the truthfulness of run of Runaway. That MCV VMA's performance in the red suit on the white stage, still iconic. Devil in a New Dress with Ross floating on that second half of That's, the track. That is Apex Ross right there. That is Apex Ross. There's not been anything better than that. So appalled making it from Good Fridays, making the final um, thing, along with Monster. And as much as, as we um, disparage the verse now... Um, I mean, when Nikki came in and, and dropped that verse, man, this the shit was surprising. Um, that's a, is what I will call it at at this time to be nice about it. Now it's kind of like, eh, you know, it, it doesn't have the same impact. It's it's not what it was. But the first time we all heard Monster and heard Nikki come across there, we were all like, yo, Nikki really is a freaking monster. And while it doesn't hold up over the years, it's still, um, some, it was another moment of this album. And she's the first voice you hear on Dark Twisted Fantasy when Dark Fantasy plays. And Dark Fantasy is wow. one of the hardest ass records on here. And just the orchestrate the orchestration on there and the hooks. And that's wonderful. And then you get gorgeous with Cuddy and, and Ye coming back together. And then you get the woo connection with Raekwon. But it's all just an alley oop for what the coup de gras is of this whole album, man. And it's power because power is literally Kanye floating in the air, doing Jedi mind tricks and fucking your bitch in front of you for four minutes and 52 seconds. And you can't help but like that shit. Yo power is the ultimate version of Kanye West. And it's an incredible record. It's an incredible song. The video was a letdown, but, <laughs> um, it, it it's it again is a moment that encapsulated this whole Rosewood, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy era. It is an incredible piece of work. Kanye will never reach this apex again. Yeah, man. And like I said earlier, like I'm you know, I'm not listening to anything Kanye at all, but this album, Dropout and Throne are the three albums that I'm if I break the if I break it like that. If I break and just go listen to Kanye again, like these are the albums I'm injecting into my veins. Like the Raekwon verse, like I always love that verse. Oh, I God. I oh I always like even the first time you heard so appalled, like you had to run that shit back. Like I mean, the first time you heard a lot of this shit, like it was just Ross's verse. Like I do think that's the best verse on this album. And just just an album with with Apex, not Apex Pusher, but damn near Apex Pusher. Like you're gonna get Jay, and then the next year he's gonna give you Throne. I mean, this is basically the Throne era. Like 
thrown after, prelude, yeah. Yeah, like you're getting thrown like really like real soon after this, like the next summer after this. Um blame game. I mean, lost in the world, like that's I oh my god, like as soon as the album finished, like I I had to like loop this shit right the fuck back. Yeah. Um Yeah, you did. Like I said, like and you hold on, but you, you disagree that Ross had the best verse on this album? No, no, no. I, I I'm I I probably will agree with you on that. Um because uh, Kanye did work on this album and a lot of the other guests and Pusha did work on this album, but that Ross verse, it's it's timeless. Timeless. Yeah. Looking at your bitch, I bet you get your ass a bone. Looking at my wrist, it'll turn your ass to stone. Like, straight to limousine, sipping rose all alone. Double-headed monster with a mind of its own. Cherry red, cherry, this, this, oh, damn, I fucked it up. But I wasn't even, I like totally got fell off the dome, man.
god like that 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 is like luxury rap like yes. that is the definition of luxury rap and just even the fact that he even put ray on the album like i i have a thing where i don't re-trackless before I listen to music mm-hmm. and just to hear like Ray and, and Cuddy on a song together like that That's was crazy that was amazing and that that was super dope and did you did you see that um uh Ross was being interviewed recently about uh about that verse and he said I had a I had another verse on here and uh that I had done for it and I I, I had recorded and everything and like Kanye came back to me and was like, "Yo, will you um, will you like uh, do a verse after my stuff on Devil in a New Dress and all this?" And I got this special spot made out for you. And he did the verse, and then Kanye was like, "We're not using that shit. You can do better." <laughs> and this, oh. was, yeah, the, and this was like, this is Ross off of Te- I think Teflon Don. Yeah, Teflon Don definitely dropped first. So this is Ross off of Teflon Don, and like he's literally telling them. Yo, do that verse again, and then this is the verse that we got, man. This is what happens when producers actually produce rappers. They can give you good shit. Yeah. Like, like if you have a credible producer telling you, no, that shit's trash. Because he did that to Push. He, like, the Push's verse on Runaway, Kanye told him to do that shit again. Yeah, he did. And, like, yeah, he did. I think that I think I had to do it multiple times. So, like, you, like, that's, that's what I really miss about rap, man. Like, there's, I think there's a level of creativity that people can have on their own, but you still need to really smooth out the edges. Like, you still need Puffy to smooth out Biggie's edges. Like, you don't get, like, I love when you call me Big Papa, like, you don't get one more chance. Like, you don't get juicy without guidance like exactly like biggie is the talent on the song but we would have been still getting like horror core music from big like it's really comparable to if you listen to capital punishment and how a lot of that music is ultra violent like that would that would have been biggie without without puffy's guidance Mm -hmm. like Pun didn't didn't really have much guidance from Fat Joe, honestly. But except for like the um, except the uh, I don't want to be a player no more. And my darling, darling baby, like those two, like but that's like literally it. Like those those are only two songs that have like well, we kind of need something for the radio. Yeah. Everything else like is full super like gangster. hardcore. Yeah, yeah, but like Puffy. He takes big, and you hear like all those OG like Mr. C records and like all those old like dusty freestyles on cassette that got converted to you know the real audio files or whatever. Like we would have kept getting that version of Big without getting the apex of what Biggie actually became. So Kanye, like, like I should like Kanye is is very easy to be shit on right now, but. Like we cannot take away the legacy that those albums had, like, but ev- like virtually everything between, uh, Dropout and Throne at least, like that whole window, like you can't really disparage that window. Like Jesus and On, okay, but those like first 
you know, five albums, like that's that's legendary shit right there. Yeah. Just a little bit of legendary shit. <sighs> so now we've arrived, Marcus. Now, you said that it was in your top two, though, but you didn't say which number it was. I know, because My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was my number one. Ah, okay. And again, like I said, like, if you put that number one or number two, there's no argument for me, but because, like I said, that's my number two. So I understand the genius of that album. So saying that's the best album of the decade, that's not like a disparagement on what my think my number. It's one. not a rich forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a rich forever. <laughs> rich forever would have had one more song. It may have been below that, but <laughs> it may have been in the running. Oh, but okay, so I so my number two is Dark Souls Fantasy. That's your number one. Mm-hmm. I'm, what, do you want to reveal your number two first or my number one? Um, because, I'm guessing they're the same album because if they're not by Kendrick Lamar Duckworth, then we're way off. So is your album by Kendrick Lamar Duckworth? It is. Is it start with a G? G, <laughs> it sure does. Okay, then yeah, Good Kid, Mad City is my number two. Yeah, it's it's literally no way you could have a, the top albums and they'll not be number one or number two. Um, my number one, and we had the the great conversation on it, is Good Kid, Mad City. Like for me, that oh man, like that that era of just music was really fucking good but that album and what it did to Kendrick's career like that really put the stamp on it like like I said we talked already at length about it so we don't really need to go super into it but just that seeing it on the live and the Mount Lair Green um, just seeing like his career just like an underground rap dude to like the international like rap star to see how his career, it, it leapfrogged Drake when Drake in 09 had so far gone and best I ever had and successful and money to blow. And like he, like Drake catapulted himself to like probably the, the most popular rapper of that time. But yes, then you had, but then you had Kendrick with overly dedicated. And Section 80 being this very critical moment, but like he wasn't someone that was he wasn't a household name, like he wasn't someone even getting radio play, like he wasn't someone who you can just like he wasn't like Kendrick Lamar, but Good Kid Mad City is the album that did it for him. Mm -hmm. And that album had a lot of special moments that we already touched on, but that album uh, for me. Like I said, it is the apex of what the 2010s gave us. Bragging about the episode we just had. A shot of Hennessy didn't make me feel that bad. I'm usually a true firm believer of bad karma. Consequences from evil will make you pass, haunt you. We trying to conquer the city with disobedience. Quick to turn it up even if we ain't got the CD in. But Jeezy still playing and I had a tool to stay.
deal, nigga, what is you saying? Pull in front of the house that we've been camping out for like two months. The sun is going down as we take whatever we want. Hey, hey, nigga, jack out, nigga, find the safe. Hey, nigga, I need somebody in this room. Wait, what? I hit the back window in search of any Nintendo DVDs, plasma screen TVs in the trunk. We made a right, they made a left, they made a right, they made a left. We was just circling life. My mama called. Hello? What you doing? Kicking it. I should have told her I'm probably about to catch my first offense with the homies. But they made a right, they made a left, they made a right, then another right. One lucky night with the homies. Yeah, there, there was no way in hell. That there was, like, I, I really, when I, I knew Thrones is going to be in five, like, in the top five. But then I yeah. was like, is it better than Bart or of Fantasy? No. Is it better than Good Kid? No. Is it better no, than Rich no. Forever? Yeah. <laughs> you sure? Are you sure about that, Kevin? I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I should uh, run with Rich Forever all the way to the top. Maybe, maybe we should just go ahead and go all in on being nuts. Um, but, um... <laughs> but no no man like the good kid man i had said this before i didn't get it the first time i didn't i wasn't listening closely and you're like it's a whole ass story you need to go back it's not just a bunch of songs like there's a story in there and listen everything and i did and it's like like every time i hit play on this album man it, it takes me to compton from yeah. the moment I started until the moment, again, I, I'm I'm a bonus track horse. I have bonus tracks on the end of mine. But from the moment I started till we get to the to Compton, man, and you hear that just blaze at the end, it's 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 a ride, man, and it's something that no other artist this decade has been able to accomplish. No yeah. one's even dared to try, and I feel like, and I'm going. Uh, here's a here's a take. I feel like that the reason that Drake has gotten so comfortable with just doing what's going to sell records is because he knows that he will never be the artist that Kendrick is. I think that weighs heavy on his mind because I think Aubrey wants to compete, but he just realizes there's no point in even trying with this dude around. You know, the funny thing is the only, the only argument I would say against that, I think Drake is super competitive, but mm-hmm. I think he. But I think he's just competitive about the wrong thing. So maybe I mean maybe we do actually agree on that because I think that he wants to be in a conversation of the best rappers, not only of this generation but of all time. And if you're talking about his actual skill level, like yeah, you can make uh you can make the potential argument for it. But just the content of his music, like just the fact that he really hasn't grown musically. And, like, the thing is, like, if you want to say branching out and doing R&B and doing pop music is expanding musically, yes, you can definitely make that argument. But this is something he's done since So Far Gone. Like, he's made R&B records since So Far Gone. He has. So there's, like, there's no growth in Drake's music very much. Like, I think the growth... And that's why I probably like Take Care so much. You can see the growth between So Far Gone and to Thank, Thank Me Later, Later. Yeah. And then Take Care. Like you can see the growth in that. After that, there's not very much growth. Like there's not very much more that Drake is really giving you no. after that album. So cause like I I he really should have just gone all the way in on giving us a full blown pop album. 
you should have got like a full blown R and B album with no raps, like literally no raps at all. And so yeah. he never like and the funny thing is like his the thing with Kendrick, like the controls like the control verse, I really think that's the reason why nothing was the same isn't just a full blown R and B album. Like he I feel like there's a lot of rap records on there that came as a result of the control. It's only the control disc, but after the control record dropped, like like he felt like he had this need to prove something to other people when he was already like one of the most important rappers of his time anyway. And then the same thing happened with Scorpion and the Infrared and Story of Adidon discs like Mm-hmm. He felt like on Scorpion, he had to prove that he was this hard ass rapper. When in actuality, like he could have just been something full blown creative, and then had something like Kanye did with 808s and Heartbreak. Like 808s and Heartbreak isn't necessarily like the best Kanye album. And I mean, and to, truth be told, uh, uh, Kid Cudi he he did a better job of man he. Kid Cudi with Man on the Moon accomplished what Ye wanted to do with Aliens and Heartbreak. Yeah. Like, so, so like, it didn't even necessarily have to be even the best Drake album, but it could have been something that was original. Like, Drake hasn't been original on, on record in a very long time. So, so yeah, man, I, I just think that as far as rapping is concerned, it's going to be it's going to be really hard for Drake to top anything that Kendrick has done, honestly, lyrically, like storytelling, just like the imagination of the culture, just like how vivid Kendrick is with his lyrics. Like, like there's like, there's no way that Drake could do good, good, uh, whatever they call men in Canada. (laughs) Good, good, good kid, mad Canadian. Like Drake can't can't really give us that anymore because he's told his story already. And that's just what the genius about about Kendrick. Like Kendrick gave us good kid, mad city at a time when we didn't know the story of Kendrick Lamar. We know the story of Drake. He was a, he was a child actor who was in one show that was good, but after that, like, nothing happened after that, so he gave rapping a try. He moved to Houston and Memphis to try to get their sounds. He emulated their sounds on So Far Gone, and nothing was the same, like, literally. So, like, what sort of... What is his story now? And to, to actually get into me and you, like, for me telling you, Kellen, I do think you do have a lot to tell with your life and your music. I I think you could make an album right now that you're talking about like your marriage and what it means to be a husband, but what it also means to raise a daughter. I think um Chance already made that album though. Nah, he Chance makes bullshit. Let's let's be clear. (laughs) He's a corporate shill. I'm gonna try to pimp you spicy Doritos with a Backstreet Boy. So you I are. I did better. have I did have Chance on the list, but nothing. Chance did not make either one of the list. Chance made the '95 twice for an album I don't really care about. Acid rap, and yeah. An album that I don't care about anymore with Coloring Book. Yeah. I have I haven't listened to Coloring Book in at least two years. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, but. But I guess, but no, like the, the Kellen Conley story, 
Like there, there's a lot of depth to who you are and what your life is and what it can be. And I think Drake has that too, but he just, for whatever reason, he just doesn't decide to do it. Like there's a point where even 50 Cent, when he was going to drop his second album, an interviewer asked him, are you going to get more personal with this album? And 50's response was, well, I don't think people want to hear that from me. I think that's bullshit. I think people want to hear your story if you want to tell it. Like, if you have a compelling story to tell and you can do it in an interesting way, people are going to be drawn to it. Drake has talent for making music. He just doesn't make interesting music anymore. Right. He does not Kendrick, make interesting music anymore. Kendrick so far has been very lucky that he has not, you know, hit that speed pump. Anything Kendrick does is innately interesting because he's going to push envelopes. He's going to push himself to the boundaries. He's going to give you a part of himself that a lot of other rappers just aren't going to do. So, and that's what that that was the genius and the beauty behind Good Kid, Mad City because we saw this 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 kid from Compton giving us a piece of his life that we had no clue existed before. Yeah, and in such a creative way where we could all relate to it at the same time. It's it's something that's gonna stand the test of time. Like it it's going to here pretty soon we're gonna be in the year twenty twenty five and there will be people making a list of the best albums of the first twenty five years of the two thousands. And Good Kid will be prominently featured because what this kid made, um especially after all the hype and getting signed to Aftermath and the stigmata of being on Aftermath. Like, oh God, Aftermath's where dope artists go to die, like to get dropped and stuff. And then it's just happening to happening to work out, you know, and not just work out, but be beyond our greatest expectations. It's just something that we're not going to see again anytime soon. Yeah, man, we're, we're not going to get that. Um, now, I mean, and the thing is, like, we should all, we should preface, like, even if we don't get it, it's okay. Like, there are other artists that can tell the story in other ways. I mean, because there'll, there'll never be another life after death. Like, there'll never be another... Another romantic reason. Yeah, like, yeah, like, and that's that's totally fine. Like, we don't need Nas copycats. Like, we need the first you know, rapper that's going to push something that we don't even know we don't even know the boundary exists yet. We need that rapper to cross that boundary. Yeah, man. So that's it. That's that's five projects from both of us and a bunch of honorable mentions. Yes, man. If you guys feel compelled to look at the whole 95, uh, you can call me at 1-800-GET-A-LIFE. I don't know. <laughs> Are you going to pull a Dart Adams? But like... Ain't no outro. Eat a dick. Something <laughs> a dick or such. A, dog, I I literally never listened to another pod from him just so I didn't hear him tell me to suck a dick anymore. Like, oh, what did he tell? What did he say? Did Did you listen to it? Did you ever listen was, to that? Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to Dark Against Humanity right now. Hold on. I I gotta find it, man. Let me go to Spotify here. It's like it was like real early on. I listened to that bullshit. He told me to suck a dick or something. Like he, this man invited me to suck some penis. Like I can't, I can't right. keep listening to this man. All right, hold on. I'm listening to it right now. 
Hold okay, on. hold on. He's he, he's saying subscribe right now. Are you playing it on your phone? Yeah, I'm playing or, on, the on your. Because hold on, because I think if I can play it right now, like people can hear it. What's the hold on? What's the episode? Because I want to listen to this shit right now. Hold on. Here we go. Helen, <laughs> what's the episode? It's episode yeah. one of Dart Against Humanity, speaking it's into the, the voice. Ep- it's the first episode he told it's me a, to suck a dick. It's at 5246. What and he says, fuck? ain't no outro, eat a dick. <laughs> Oh, what's oh what's the time what's the time uh at 5246 it's right at the end it's like in the last three seconds all right yo, hold on. i'm gonna play this bullshit hold on dog hold on. <laughs> it's it's you're probably gonna hear it through my headset it's but okay on i don't care oh. dart's been on it's like a podcast or whatever but this is the way he ended his first episode of his podcast dart against humanity and i cried i was screaming that? Did you hear that just now? No. Hold on. Did you hear this? Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. Tell me if you heard this. Hold on. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that. Alright, cool. Hold on. I'm gonna listen to it right now. Hold on. Okay. Right. I'm gonna go to fifty one forty three. It's like uh Hold on. Maybe that's too long for the Yeah, pod. just 50, 52, 46, 52, 45 will get you there. All right, hold on. Use that, that scrobbling ability. Okay, he's telling, he's telling us where to subscribe. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> he's swarming for the closing. Hold on. I would do whatever the fuck I want to do. How the fuck I want to do it. <laughs> He's describing the logo. Hold on. Hold on. Temple basically just like me. Here we go. I so wanted them to keep it though. That's gonna be your outro. Uh, just stick with it. Jesus, did you tell, did you ever like tell him that you should have just told him that? He said, "Ain't no outro. Eat a dick." And that was it, oh, man. Fuck. This nigga, wow, yo, like. And Eric says he's like not like this in real life, but I refuse to believe that. Like, I, I feel like if you mess up a dap with Dar Adams, he would tell you to eat a dick. I think so too. Like I feel like if you look at Dart, Dart, I think Dart walks around Boston at night and people look at him where he's like, eat a dick, eat a dick, eat a dick. Like, I feel like if you look at Dar Adams, he would want to tell you to eat a dick. And then if you decide to talk to him, he would tell you to eat a dick. Like, that's crazy. Oh, my God. And then uh, 
on this historic night where the Mystics win the WNBA championship, Tom Brady ran for multiple rushing touchdowns against the Giants and what broke it. Fuck? He ran for multiple touchdowns and it, he broke a record. What record did he break? He's the oldest player in NFL history to have scored multiple rushing touchdowns in a game at 42. Jesus <laughs> Christ. The Giants. The Giants are fucking fraud. The NFC East is just a fucking fraud division of fucking football. Eat a dick, Dan Snyder. No, no outro. Eat a dick, Dan Snyder. Like, oh my god. Oh Jesus. man, I fucking hate that org. And so that's that's literally why, like, I have to celebrate the Mystics and I have to celebrate the Nationals, like, because in the Capitals, like, we have other teams in DC that we can give our attention to, our time to, and they're going to be successful, like. Pans into the Redskins, like fuck these guys, like straight up, like just eat a dick, like that's it. Like I want, I want Dar Adams to meet Daniel Snyder one day, <laughs> just tell Daniel Snyder to eat a dick, like I don't want that for myself. <laughs> oh man, that'd be beautiful. It, so it would be the thing of all time. So Marcus, um, any words of wisdom or recommendations for the people before we get out of here? Cause, cause I got one. Cause I was, cause if I could stay up late enough, I would just stay up and watch it. But any anything you wanna wanna share with the people, words and wisdom recommendations. I mean, my recommendations last. What's your recommendations? Oh, uh, Breaking Bad El Camino comes out at three o one a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> oh, oh fuck! I, who the uh, if you got a job, don't stay up for that shit. Like <laughs> my wife was not happy with me when I said I thought about it, and she's like, she's like, that's stupid. <laughs> I was like, but it's Breaking Bad. I'm excited. She's like, you can be excited, but that's fucking dumb. <laughs> uh, I have to agree with your wife. <laughs> like, no, do, do not stay up for that. You have to work. And I gotta be at work at seven thirty too. That's hilarious. Quick sidebar. Apparently, BD Wong was a. A, a feature guy in Karate Kid Part 2. He just handed Ralph Macchio a flyer and then he just scared it off. How did so, you find this information out? I'm looking, I'm looking at Karate Kid Part 2 right now on IFC. Oh. So shout out yeah. to the legend BD Wong. Got, gotcha. Oh, wow. It's on YouTube. It's under, under the words gayest scene ever. Over what? What the fuck? <laughs> Gayest scene ever in the history of films. Wow, they that's messed up, man. That's messed I'm up. Beatty Beatty Wong. Wong didn't do nothing to y'all. He does live an alternative lifestyle, but there's that's not reason to shame him. No, and it really isn't. Um, my recommendations for y'all: no recommendations. Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> The views of Marcus Robinson are not shared by Kellen nah. Conley or Hyphen Nation or Hyphen Podcast Group. First of all, if you've been riding with us for this whole three ass hour, I would never disrespect you and tell you to eat a dick. Like, that's just wild to me. <laughs> but I will tell you, I what I recommend, uh, I don't know, man. I, I recommend don't being a, don't. Don't don't sell your soul to be a shill, Chance. <laughs> I recommend do not sell your soul for money because money is so fucking fleeting and your soul is not. So there you go. Okay. All right, guys. Well, this has been the best projects of the of the 2010 to 2019 of the decade. 
our work's already done because I multitask. So that this uh, you'll be hearing this on Sunday. And what'd you say? I saw it. That's all the artwork already. Yeah, man. So coming out, you're hearing this on a Sunday, maybe a Monday morning. We appreciate y'all listening to another wonderful edition of Hyphen Nation. Marcus, as always, appreciate you coming on here and uh, laughing at me about Rich Forever. (laughs) Oh, it's not laughing at you. It's like laughing with you. That's all. Yeah. Once I realized my folly. I uh, I could laugh with you. I agree. It's a, it's a little wild, but I said what I said. And it's not a folly, like, because I know you talked to Lamb about guilty pleasures. No, there's literally no guilty pleasure, man. If you like it, you like it, man. If you like it, I love it. I love Richard Ever. I I may have had it at number two. Who knows? <laughs> All right, man. So, um. Yeah, like I said, appreciate everybody listens. Hyphen Podcast Group, Morgantown, Virginia based podcast, or CMS, the Morgantown, Virginia based podcast collective, bringing great podcasts to the people. Hyphen Podcast Group.com and Mark Rob, the M A R C R O B, that WordPress.com. Marcus just put up a piece. Uh, he put up a piece about a trip to go see a show in Ohio. And he also came, hit us with another piece. Um, where he did this great comparison about the new Joker film and forgiveness in a certain courtroom that happened recently. So make sure you're checking those out. Definitely, definitely. And thanks for having me on, man. It's always love, man. I always appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, yeah, no problem, because you're the only person who'll sit on here for three hours with me most of the time. Most people would have bailed. <laughs> Like man, it's 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 uh, eleven o'clock on my time. It, well, it's twelve thirty-one over my side, so I'm overly dedicated. See what hey, I did, hey, man. For people that bailed out, you know what I'm saying? No <laughs> bail out. Eat a dick. All right, man. Uh, this has been Hyphen Nation. Thanks, y'all. Peace. Oh man, that was that was a one for the books, buddy. That they was always are. Definitely. Oh man, that, that was a really good take. That was <laughs> it was it legit was not a bad take. It was a great take, just because of how wild it was, man. Like that was really fucking good, man. I I, I love Teflon Don, but I just feel not. Nah, I'm I'm not defending it anymore. I, I like I like my choice. I was confident going in. I'm still confident now. I like your choice. Like, it was a great fucking choice. But when you look at some of those albums that are honorable Ooh. mentions, I look really crazy. You look crazy as a bitch, but, <laughs> <laughs> but fuck it, man. Like that's that's how you gotta do. Like the album, like my number five is an album. Like legit, like if you if you weren't on Tumblr during that like that year, like you like. Your listeners probably not gonna know what that album is. So, like, our I, listeners. No, nah, you're a listeners. Are you <laughs> listeners? But no, nah, man. Like, I I picked an album that like legit like it didn't sell any records. Like, it didn't have like a classic like hit single. And I named like we named like twenty other albums that probably had more of like an actual impact. But I just think the quality of the album is so good that it stuck with me. It's, I still listen to this album today. Like it's seven years later. I still love yeah. that album. So, so that's why I had to put it on top five. But 
But yeah, man, like, no, man, like, I, like I said, I think it was a good pick, man. I, I stand by the pick as well. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Network Production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid an exposure.